93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So this was interesting. I saw some people posting this on social media yesterday. Uh, and it's from Heinz, of course, ketchup, which is my ketchup of choice. In fact, are there any other ketchups? I mean, there are, Hunts. but... What? There's Hunts. Hunts. So you yeah. said something t- entirely different. <laughs> and I thought, man, he does not like Heinz. <laughs> no, there's another brand that starts with the letter H. H, okay. Hunts. Hines with Michael right. Hunts. Michael Hunts. Uh, <laughs> Homemade ketchup. He is the patriarch. And we met up with Michael Hunts, the patriarch of the Hunts family. Mike Hunts, right? right yeah. 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 Mike it's Hunts. really delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, no, uh, Heinz is actually going to create and sell bottles of pre-blended ketchup and mayonnaise, and they're calling it Mayo Chup. <laughs> Mayo Which Chup? Which is a stupid name. Mayo Chup. It sounds like some sort of old Indian word or yeah. uh, somebody they worship. Uh, this, to me, is on the order of peanut butter and jelly in one jar. Okay. Yeah, what do they call it? Goobers? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, is that what that's called? Yeah. There, I mean, there was Goobers a brand, is, a, yeah, is there's a, a brand name. Yeah. So, uh, here's... Listen, okay, it's easier for some people. I think, though, for most people, there's a definitive or definite ratio that they like. Yeah. yeah. And this is just going to be a 50-50 split. Uh, maybe. It, yeah, I don't know if it's 50-50 or not, but but it is their, whatever their concoction, it's their version. You may have it may have it differently, but uh, so a lot of people are saying that this is already exists. It's called fry sauce. Okay. Fry sauce? Oh, is that what fry yeah. sauce is? Yeah, apparently, according to uh, people online. Or it's also fancy sauce. Mm-hmm. By the way, I do like the taste of mayo and ketchup together. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like them on a, on a burger. Yep. A little mayo on a burger is fantastic. Absolutely. Now, yeah. my wife creates her own little makeshift sauce. My kids have gotten on board of this, too. Ooh. I've kind of You make your own sauce, don't away you? From it. Yeah, I do. But besides me being involved in it, uh, no, it's mayo, ketchup, and mustard mixed together. Really? Which you would find on a burger anyway a lot of times. You know what? But, she, but she'll, like, if we're out where we happen to get some fries or chicken nuggets or whatever, she'll <laughs> whip it all up together. <laughs> she makes the sound? She <laughs> squishes it I, all. I, it my looks, wife had a head injury. <laughs> it looks kind of gross to me. I don't know. What does it taste like, though? I don't. It, I, I, I you won't? Yeah. I tell it's you, okay. I know it's why. I've had it. It's you're, good. You're not a mustard on a burger kind of guy, correct? Um, well, from time to time. Okay. It's not that, but she'll use it for, for fries to dip into. Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'm game. I'll, I'll okay. try that out. I mean, it's not bad, but I, I just like yeah. for fries and things like that. I have straight up ketchup. You I do? am a ketchup guy. And 90% of the time, I don't need ketchup at all. I'll have the fry pure and un. No, not uh, I. Untainted. However, I gotta go in for ketchup, but never on a hot dog. Go really? Ahead. Always, always ketchup with your fries. Always, yeah. Okay, drown them in ketchup. All right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or barbecue I, sauce. Mm. You ever dip your fries in barbecue sauce? No, but when I was no, in no. college, I used to eat my French fries with blue cheese. I was about to say mm-hmm. blue cheese as well. I can go yeah. for that. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Now, no can do. I will do obviously ketchup <laughs> with my French fries, but mustard <laughs> with the thick fries, not steak fries, but you know the thicker fries. I do like mustard to dip your fries into. Mm-hmm. I'll do a ketchup mustard oh. combination. I think there's yeah. a, there is a all of these things get together nicely. There's like I'm not again. I'm not mad at that. What you're saying, that's fine. Like, hey, maybe I'll try that. Uh, they all interact nicely because if you get something like a. 
you know, burger at a lot of takeout places, you're going to have all these things on one burger anyway. And yeah. they, they all work together pretty well. Now, I don't, when it comes to ketchup, I have an allegiance to Heinz. Uh, when it comes to mayonnaise, Heinz. I have an allegiance to Hellman's. Mustard, I, I don't have an allegiance. Really? Yeah. Golden's. Um, wow, well, I mean. Golden's. Golden's is pretty solid, yeah. man. The spicy brown mustard. Also, I've been turned on to the Dietz and Watson sriracha mustard uh, mm. that they brought out to camp out for hunger, and I have that in my fridge right now, and I got, uh, and I'm I'm a little addicted to it. I'll I'm, tell you what is phenomenal, Preston, this Philly pretzel factory spicy brown mustard that they keep awesome. here on the... It's good. Yeah, I, it's really I, I'm, good. I'm with you, Case. I'll, I'll sample different mustards, but yeah. I don't I don't play around with ketchup and mayo. I now, stick with the, my regulars. Now, hands down, the best mustard you will find and I don't know what brand it is, but if you go to Bernie's Pretzels, and I believe that's Alden. It used to be at the Bazaar. Their mustard is the best. I'd like okay. to agree with you, but you're wrong. No, no, no I'm totally right. No, I appreciate you, the fact that you think that you're right. Uh, but the best mustard that's ever been invented is the honey mustard that they serve at the Wells Fargo Center. That's honey the- mustard. It's not mustard. Oh, I'm just saying the best mustard you know overall that they serve in the, on the planet right. is at the Wells Fargo Center. We right? all need to shut up. No, no, no. Because <laughs> I'll tell you why. <laughs> Nick might be right. <laughs> so I should you shut up. It's not my yeah. I'm right. Hang, hang on a second. Right. Hang on. This is when, if you if you go to the, we've been in suites and we've taken yeah. groups of, of listeners yeah. and yeah. have parties and they have, they'll, they'll have uh, pretzels, hard pretzels, and uh, and, that, yes. and that honey mustard. I don't. It's pretty addictive. And you will not stop yep. eating those pretzels. Now, may we at least entertain the notion that Casey's declaration that it's not True mustard. It's its own. It's in is, its own is category. Is it's because in its own what, category. How does one? It, because it is creamy. It's kind of not fair to regular mustard to compare honey. I mustard tell you to though, regular. I mustard. will take honey. He's of all the tastes associated yeah. with mustard. That Wells Fargo honey mustard. Yeah, because I don't disagree with you, Nick. It's just not. It's apples and oranges. You can't say it's not apples, apples and oranges. No. Yes, it is. It's right, got mustard say, in its name. You can't you say that an orange is a apple. <laughs> may I? May I draw a parallel? Here? Yes, please yeah. do. To wine, okay? Okay. Wine is wine. We are whining about what food yeah. we like. But you have whites and reds, and then you break those down even okay. further into Chardonnays and yes. Pinots and and, uh, and Rieslings and things like I'm that. I'm with you. I think that that's where we are. There's an over. There's an overall mustard umbrella. Right. <laughs> and within that, we have little subsets. Yeah, you can't say that. I felt so that. embarrassed yesterday. I had my mustard umbrella out, and the wind caught it. <laughs> and we, did it turn Snapped inside it, yeah. out? I'm yes, sorry to hear that, Marissa. Like, you can't say that, I'm sorry, that Cabernet is a better Merlot. No, 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 no. Cabernet is in its own category under the red wine umbrella. God, we get paid to talk about this. <laughs> well, let me throw another wrench in here. I'm pretty sure that the honey mustard at the Wells Fargo Center is honey mustard salad dressing. So? Ooh. Is that okay? Ooh. Well, because that means there's right. like olive oil mm-hmm. and it, that's what makes it well, wait extra a second. creamy. Yeah. What, what are you predicating this on? I think I, I think somebody told us Thinking once that it's at Ken Steakhouse. Thinking or knowing. I'm confident in what okay. I'm saying, Steve. All right. Okay. All right. I, I don't that doubt it. A, that throws a wrench in the works. But we're holding everything up. But in a court of law, that would not hold up. So I would say this. If it is dressing, Casey or Nick, are you prepared to... Say it's not the best mustard. Then. Well, no, because then I would call it honey mustard dressing. Uh, I would not call it honey mustard. I think that there's a, 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 a you know delineation that's really important here. And and Marissa's but, point really um, that's a wrench that's going to stick with me all day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're looking at a at, at a uh, a picture of the Ken's Steakhouse honey mustard. That's that color. That's what that looks like. That's so. it, and it's hey, in a dressing bottle. I'm going to go in a, in a different direction. Okay. With this. What do you get? Because we were do talking you believe about in God? French fries? No, I'm not going that far off. <laughs> 
Some days. <laughs> I mean, let me let oh. me uh, oh. let me seriously <laughs> throw this out there before okay. you guys start heading down that path. Um, what do you, have you guys ever had uh, malt vinegar on your French fries? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. Go to Five Guys. This vinegar is the uh, all right. one of the things that you can put into oh, a okay. little cup. Yeah, I li- I kind of like that to change things up every now and then. And then we're going to come back to the mayo ketchup and and stuff like that because I have another I have I have a sauce that you guys have probably never heard of before. It's called Durkee sauce. It's from St. Louis, and uh, it, it's I should get some of that for you guys. Yes, I like Durkee can with beef. Durkee, <laughs> Durkee. What is the stuff that I, and I can't believe I'm having a brain fart? It is uh, it, we I talked about it always repeating on me when I have French fries. It is uh, <sighs> truffles. Truffle. What about it? Truffle oil. or truffle I oil. love truffle oil on French fries. However, yeah. if you have it, you will have it repeating on you for the next month and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't burp it up. It burps like it burps like a mofo on me. I, I lo- I've told you guys about the sexy fries at Butcher and Barkeep. I, we have to go. I can't have them brought here. We have to go there because yeah, you have it to have them travel right. well. It, it wouldn't travel well. All right. Anyhow, there's a bunch of people that are uh, got things to say online. They have things to say, and uh, we're a show <laughs> of the people. Exactly. So, let me go to uh, let me go to Dan. Hey, uh, Dan. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, buddy? Guys, so much. Um, so I went to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, and they have a uh, a sauce there that you get with uh, these these cheese fry wedges and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a ranch dressing mixed with barbecue sauce. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 Now, on on the surface level, it doesn't sound that that tasty to me. But you're, it's one that you have to try. I would imagine. Oh man, it's like a it's like a sweet and creamy kind of sauce, and it's just uh, it's just a nice little concoction there. I didn't think it would be that great either, but I tried it, and I was blown away. Okay. Well, the honey mustard uh, Thanks, Dan. So- sauce or dressing or whatever it is has that same uh, taste combination, yeah. and, and it works for me. You guys ever had Chick Fil A sauce? Yes. yes. Love that. Yes. You if see you, me with that a shirt on? Of course I've had. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it's, of that video. It's really good. That is a, I think it's a honey mustard with a little bit of barbecue in it. Mm. It's something along those lines. Isn't there, Chick-fil-A is now, um, There was it was in the news recently, There's it's it's moved up a couple of notches in uh, most popular fast food places. Dude, it's always crowded. I, always. And, Nick, like, if, you if you're going to open a, a quick check, yeah, go with the Chick-fil-A. And and although I don't think you can necessarily open a franchise, you you're still it, it's still owned by Chick-fil-A or whatever. I mean, it's always crowded. How could you you can't lose You money. know why? Cuz it's closed on freaking Sunday, man. Yeah. That's why. You asked if I believed in God, not enough to keep the, <laughs> not enough to keep Chick-fil-A closed on Sunday. It, it yeah. drives you crazy. It does. It? Number uh Number eight, Steve. It's moved up, and it's uh, below Dunkin' Donuts. Preston and Steve show runs on Dunkin'. That's yeah. right. And then yeah. six other losers. Yeah. <sighs> and you know what, Preston? I believe there's a Chick-fil-A in the Atlanta Falcons' new football stadium, yeah. which makes no sense because they play a majority in most of their games on Sundays. Oh. And it's not open. That's a good point. Stupid. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Let me go to, <laughs> I have Victor, who works for the company that makes pretzels for the Wells Fargo uh, Center in the Flyers games. Hey, Victor, good morning. Morning. Hey, buddy. All right, so uh, can, do you, can you open up anything about this uh, honey mustard uh, question that we have? I, I honestly think it has to do with the pretzels. That's what I'm going with. You're saying nah, that the nah, pretzels nah, nah. possess the power, but we need to know. We need to get to the bottom of this. Do you know anything about the honey mustard? I don't, unfortunately. I know all about the pretzel, though. All right. <laughs> what's, what's the company you work for? Is it Airmark? 
it's J and J snack foods. Okay. Uh, okay. And you guys make the pretzels. Yeah, we make the pretzels. Um, they, they make a variety of different pretzels. Right now, we're making the Flyers uh, piece. That's oh. cool. All right. Victor, are these the soft pretzels or are these the, the hard pretzels? No, soft pretzels. Okay. We, soft pretzels. We were talking about the hard, like, yeah. crunchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Russell's. Little crunchy nuggets. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Victor. Appreciate it, man. Yeah. You're, um, you're clearly the the best cook in the, the I, for the whole show. I maybe Marissa's a, a, a second there, but uh, have you ever made or thought about making soft pretzels yourself? I've never. No, I've never tried it. It'd be kind of cool. I mean, I've done. I bought the the home kit, the Annie Ann's mm-hmm. home yeah. kit, and those are really good. Mm-hmm. You, you got to put the butter all over them. When you're I done. think I would love to try a soft pretzel that you made yourself. All right, I'll mm-hmm. look into a recipe. You think he, you you think he'd make a hell of a pretzel? Dude, have you ever? Yes, you've. No, I've never. <laughs> never? You never? I have. Okay. Uh, Preston is a is a great cook. I know. Yes, I'm all right. I okay. think you're great. All right. Anyway, uh, let me... you can't see it, but Casey's running his hands through uh, Preston's hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you're great. Uh, I, just, I don't know. I just think you're so great. Let me go to Phil. Hi, Phil. And by the way, we got started on this conversation because um, Heinz is creating uh, a, and it's a stupid name, Mayo Chup. I love the name. It's a mixture of mayonnaise and ketchup. What am I sticking my fries in here? Mayo Chup. Yeah. Uh, so what? Phil's on the line. Hey, Phil, good morning. What's up? Yo, bud, what's going on? Uh, so I was at lunch with my buddy, and uh, we just he just comes out with this fat container of this sauce, and I thought it was the grossest thing I've ever seen, and we are in fries, and he called it the fry sauce. It was ketchup, mayos, and uh, mustard. I dip a fry in it, and it was probably the tastiest thing I've ever had. That's the stuff my wife makes. So, yeah. so a quick question. Creates. Was it was it pre-created? Was it actually in a in a labeled uh, container, or, or did he no, make he it himself? Took, he just took uh, a ketchup and mustard and man, yeah. put it in this. Okay, created his own. Okay, right. yeah. So, so why not? Why aren't they marketing fry sauce then? If it's oh, yeah, yeah, all they're doing is this thing's. Oh, they do. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, original fry sauce. Yeah. Which, so. uh, wait, there's a uh, fast food chain around my house called Freddy's. Uh, it was. It's like a Midwest change. It's kind of making its way into this area, and they have fry sauce that is amazing. Do you guys remember Dijonese? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, was just, it was Dijon and mayonnaise, and that's all that it was, was right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, what it does, it, it if, if Dijon is a little bit too strong cuts for it. you, it kind of cuts it a little bit and, and makes it a little creamier. Do you remember the ad campaign that went along with it? No. Dij, 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 Dijonese, Dijonese. I don't remember. I don't either. I think they threw a Hellman's in there. Dij, maybe. Dijonese. Stuck in my brain, man. Hellman's, Dijonese. Let me go to David. Hey, David, good morning. Yo, David. Hey, man, what's up, buddy? Hey, listen, that ketchup and mayonnaise is nothing but French dressing. Is 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 no. that is, is more than French dressing? You mean French ketchup dressing and... is nothing but ketchup and mayonnaise? No, yeah, it's not. It's the best thing is sriracha mayonnaise, guys. What else? What else is in French dressing, Preston? Sriracha mayonnaise. Hang on. Okay, David, spit a slice. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> French dressing is more than just ketchup and mayo. It because it, it has a tanginess to it. It's got more tang than the. It, there's there's some vinegar in there. There's something. There's more vinegar than than. Uh, French used just, to be my, my favorite dressing. Than just ketchup. And I, I am a fan of French dressing. Um, there, there's a restaurant that we go to. Uh, it's a um, Saturday Family Restaurant. And they have a variety of ketchups on the table. So you can have sriracha ketchup. There's jalapeno ketchup. Ooh. There's a regular ketchup. 
And that's What's all, it called and the ketchup? And it's all from uh, Heinz. Uh, so, like, if... I don't like to put... Some people like to put uh, on their eggs, uh, like Tabasco. You like that, yeah, right? Yeah, I Hazel? do. I do. I, I, that's a little too spicy for me, but there's a jalapeno ketchup that has just a little bit of uh, spice mm. to it, and that's about up my range. And I, and I put it on... Um, you like the home fries and, yeah. and eggs. Actually, what I like to do um, is I like to take ketchup and kind of create like a little mini ketchup bowl, right? And then I throw the Tabasco sauce in that little ketchup bowl, and then I mix it all together. Okay. Here's something for you to try. Ketchup and a little bit of Worcestershire sauce. And it makes it, uh, there was a um, uh, steak and shake, which is a chili place. They have their special sauce. Or not a chili place, it's a burger place, but they had chili there. And their special sauce was basically ketchup with some uh, Worcestershire in it, and it is fantastic. Really? Fantastic. You Do you use uh, Worcestershire sauce uh, on other stuff often? I use it in Bloody Marys. Bloody Marys, all and, right. And uh, from time to time, steaks, yeah, but uh, I am a fan of Worcestershire. See, I love this conversation because as a vegetarian, I don't get, like, enough barbecue sauce or Worcestershire sauce in uh-huh. my life. So, like, fries are the perfect conduit there you for go. any of these condiments. You can dip what, what, all that in there. What's your go-to sauce when at McDonald's ordering nuggets? Um, None. I don't, I don't eat nuggets. Um, okay. So, sweet and sour for you? Always. It used to French be honey rice. for me. Now it's barbecue. Okay. Honey uh, is, is uh, honey mustard. Yeah, you a honey the, mustard. Yeah, okay. It's the one that I go with. Um, and uh, but then again, honestly, in all things nugget or French fry, I tend to go uh, commando. Okay, I don't uh, I don't put anything on it. Okay, you're let a me, purist. Let me go. Speaking of honey mustard, I'm going to go to Joe. Then we got to take a break. Things like that. I think we've solved a lot of issues this morning. Hey Joe, you're on the air. Good morning. <laughs> hey Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy, what's up? So uh, the definition of mustard says that it is a tangy kind of mustard, you know, where they, the seeds and everything. Well, honey mustard... <laughs> Wait is... a minute. Were you reading that from the dictionary, Joe? Yeah, I looked it up. I okay. actually sat here to look it up. Okay. And it, gotcha. it started to bother me just as bad as Casey. It says <laughs> the definition is a, a spicy kind of thing. Yeah, it's a spicy kind of thing. Mustard is a mustard that's yeah, a spicy the kind of thing. Spicy honey mustard <laughs> is a honey base. It is actually predominantly honey with a must like just a small amount of mustard just to give it the tang, a little bit of tang. So I think you can consider them both uh, separate. Okay, you so honey mustard and mustard. <laughs> I, honey Honestly, mustard and mustard are two separate. That's from the Encyclopedia Britannica. I was, he went to the Culinary Institute of America. <laughs> Thanks. I was relieved when Nick said honey mustard because I thought I was going to have to get into a heated debate with him about the best mustard on earth. And when he said honey mustard, I go, okay, oh, thank God, because it's not the same thing. It's it, They're different Mm-mm. categories I, of a larger category. Do you think a better name for mayo chip would have been catch A's instead? No. <laughs> then, then mayo chip is the thing. I can't get on board with either of those. No. I, th- I think fry sauce would actually be a better, more simple uh, solution to that. But they're going to they're gonna release this, apparently, and I think it's going to be in a limited uh, capacity at first. The... Um, Apparently, for now, it will be only available in the uh, Arab Gulf states. Uh, but there are plans to roll it out in the U.S. The if, what now? If there's the Arab Gulf states. Like Saudi Arabia and yeah, Oman yeah, yeah. and but UAE. If, but if there's enough interest in the U.S., uh, the director of marketing said that uh, Heinz Mayo Chup uh, will, be, will not be launched in the U.S. unless we get 500,000 votes on our Twitter poll. And we look to America's condiment lovers to tell us if this is something that they want or if, go to hell. Or if they prefer <laughs> to remain Heinz may- mayonnaise and ketchup purists. So there you go. But they might do it. They're extorting us. If there's enough interest. All right, here's what we got to do. We got to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. We'll stay put. 
Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, what I've... Two different subjects here. Where I could go to you. Tell right. me. We didn't get a chance to talk uh, math or in, in the commercial break. social studies. No, not math. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I as a as a student, I hated social studies. I me love too. social studies. And but now in retrospect, it's something I'm like, man, I wish I would have paid attention. I to hated that. math and love social studies. No kidding. Yeah, I was the other way around. I, yeah. I, I was more, I guess, suited for math when yeah. I was a kid. But but now that I, that I have uh, students, my kids. Uh, and I see their their stuff coming back, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm reading about Mesopotamia. Yeah, yeah of I course. never knew about that. Wow, what an advanced society! <laughs> I had no idea. Unbelievable. I should have because I learned about that crap when I was back yep. then. But I wish I would have paid attention in social studies. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> okay, with that being said, yeah. Let's talk about trigonometry now. Trigonometry. No, um, I, there there are a couple of things I, I could talk about. These are both Kathy related. Oh, we could talk about. Yay! <laughs> and we could talk about Kathy's little excursion she had uh, the other day, or to this, the pokey, or this list of things that you sent over. Yeah, Kathy, what, what would you rather? I'm going to ask you. Well, they both sort of they both relate to each other, don't they? No. Uh, oh, they no, don't. Not at all. No, one is no. all about smells. Oh, I'm thinking of a different, different list. list. Okay, all right. It's, it's up to you guys. Whatever you want to do. do I, I, all right, I'm going to step in. Okay. Please do, do the where you went okay. yesterday because yeah, I, I, because after your your posting of pictures, I saw a lot of activity about people. Yeah. Uh, asking about uh, this stuff, and and I've never heard. I of this qualifies place. as hidden gem territory. All right. Yeah. So I had I had never heard of it either. Um, I drove out to Jim Thorpe yesterday, and we went uh, on a hike, and it was the Glen Okono uh, Trail. Orinoco Flow. And uh, there are three waterfalls on this trail. I had no idea that this was there. And again, same thing. Like we went to Crystal Cave the other day too. And I thought, you know, it's just a little over an hour, and we've never seen it. So when I heard about this, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. You have it spelled Onoko on the. Uh, uh, you yeah, said Okano. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but it's oh, Onoko. It, no, it's Onoko. Okay, got yes, it. All yes. Right. Go ahead. Um, and yeah, so so it's these these waterfalls, and they're so beautiful. And I texted a friend of mine and said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to do this with Jace. Do you want to go? She's actually from out that way. She said, "Yes, I haven't been there in years. Used to go there, um, growing up. So uh, she brought her kids as well. And then uh, I had told Nick that we were going and. Yesterday morning, woke up at four o'clock, and I had a text from Nick with an article saying that they're actually shutting this down, this trail down, uh, because of injuries and deaths. We have the pronunciation, Kathy. <laughs> well, let me let before you uh, jump in here, Nick. I want to read a sign that is posted in front of a picture of Kathy as they're headed into this area, and here's what it says. And I can't believe you went ahead and did this after reading the well, sign. It says, "Warning: uh, Glen Onoko Fall Trail hike at your own risk." Sections of the trail ahead are steep and treacherous. Hiker, and these this is written huge. It's a yeah. gigantic sign. It says hikers have been seriously injured and killed as a result of accidental falls from the trail and gorge overlooks. You are responsible responsible for your safety. Wear proper hiking shoes. Use extreme caution while hiking in the gorge. 
I'm surprised that you didn't run screaming. Well, out so of you know me, I, you know, such a daredevil. I was like, yeah. let's do this. Yeah. She no. basically said, "F <laughs> this noise, we're going." No, so my friend who uh, grew up out there, she came with me, so I felt a little more comfortable. And she was okay. like, "Listen, trust me, I know what why these people are getting injured. We're we're not going to go do that." Okay. Um, so apparently, there's a portion of it where you can go all the way up. So, so you um you see the three different falls, you know, on your way up. Uh, you can actually go to the top of the third one and kind of like look over and look down, which um, she said, according to her, the article that she read, she said that's where people are getting injured. So we didn't the go. High, the highest point. Yeah. So we saw all three falls, but we didn't go to the top where you're looking down. And she said people are trying to take pictures down. She said she read an article where someone was actually taking a selfie and slipped and fell. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wet, so the rocks can be slippery. Yeah. And that's where people are getting injured. What we did, I, I mean, we did it with. Uh, two seven-year-olds and an eight-year-old, and we were fine. There, okay. You know, again, you could maybe they, they could have slipped. Nobody fell. Nobody got hurt. Um, you were was, smart about it. We were smart about it, and and they they did it. It wasn't that dangerous. You know, at least w- what we did. We didn't do that last part. But okay. we well, the picture's fine. beautiful. Yeah, it, it was so. It was absolutely beautiful. Again, I can't believe that that was there or that that's there. And I never knew about it, never visited it before. It was gorgeous. First of all, I'm really proud of you. It's awesome that you got outside at all. And uh, second of all, I, I was it's just a coincidence that you and I were talking about this place because my son wants to go camping. And we uh, my girlfriend and I looked into this place as a possible um, place to go camping this summer, you know, later in the spring or, or earlier in the summer. Um, and then I got the news that that uh, one trail is going to be closed. And um, brought it up uh, to you. And what I've read since then is that there's a lot of pushback on closing this trail. Yeah, that, that so- people don't want it and they think that... Um, they're being a little overly they're being cautious. Overly cautious so they, they only need to close a part of it? That if you go up with proper footwear, right. if you're not an idiot, that if you don't go near the edge, that the trail should remain open. So I do some trails all the time. That Wissahickon Valley has some some area. Listen, it's not it's not life-threatening, but if you're... There's a particular trail where I'll, I will sort of... It's it's a it's a trail that you can sort of jog or, or go along at a good clip. But if you're dumb, you could get killed. Yeah, and there's idiots everywhere. And and and, uh, and and so if you don't if you don't take the proper precautions, but at a certain point, I mean, how much how much are you supposed to? You have to take responsibility for yourself and know that there, you know you're, well, you're you're dealing with some issues. Preston read the sign. I mean, it's yeah. in big bold print. You are yeah. responsible for your safety. Yeah. Um, so, and there's actually petitions going around. After I posted these pictures, a lot of people commented and emailed me um, to not close it, like you guys said. Uh, and my that's friends, what I was seeing. Yeah, a ton of people say that it should remain open. Do you yeah. agree with that? Well, like I said, I. I never, you know me. Yes. I'm so cautious about everything. <laughs> I never felt like I was in danger. Now that last part, we I, I didn't make it up there. So maybe if I would have went up that last part, maybe. But what we did was fine. We were safe. We were smart about it. There was nothing, and there were other kids there too. It wasn't mm-hmm. like you know it was this this big dangerous thing. And my friend who uh, who lives up there, she said that you know all the people that she went to high school with, like everybody's going crazy over this because this was kind of like their spot, their hangout spot, and you know nobody really wants it to close. It's pretty cool. The pictures you posted, there's like these tunnels and things. Yeah. Uh, you said there were there were old tracks running through there and yeah, stuff. Yeah, old train tracks. You can see um, oh, where the train stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, where the train used to run. Did and- you go into any mines really deep. <laughs> I'm going to start. Oh, uh, sorry. The, the, uh, no, I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. But I, I had uh, my son Carter wants to start hiking more, and we and we did some in the winter, which is a pain in the ass, but. Uh, especially when it's wet and so on, but uh, but now that it, it uh, it's warming up a bit, 
like um, last week, we went over to uh, um, Valley Forge and did Mount Misery. Oh, that's oh great. I like that one, yeah. Which was cool. And uh, and Nick turned me on to this hiking trail website. What's it called? It's All called Trails. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an app that you can uh, download or a website that you can go to, and it helps you keep track of trails that you've done, uh, what other people... It's it's sort of like a Waze almost. You know, you can, it, there's, um, you can join up with other people who've done trails in the area, and it also can track your fitness. You know, how many steps you've climbed, uh, elevation gain, that type of thing. It's it's the best. I mean, I, I, I do some form of hiking every day, and, and, and there's so many great areas around here. I do, I go down like, uh, like Old Bells Mill Road, and go, you know, the Wissahickon Trail is just a gorgeous, I think it was named the best trail, I forget what the classification was, but it was named the, the best trail um, last year, it's just most, most scenic. You is know, it paved or is it... Uh... So there's one on one side that when you go down, on, uh, so uh, on one side it's it's a trail. Where you're going up and it's irregular, and you're going up, up, you know, on a on a on a sort of cliff dirt, side yeah. of yeah. dirt yeah. and stone and so on and so forth. And that. the other side, it's uh, it's a, sort of like a gravelly thing that you can take your take a bike on, mm-hmm. and it's a lot more amenable to just uh, going for a stroll. So you have both options. Yeah, yeah. you could do Hawk Mountain Press. Uh, that's actually yeah, not call. that far from you. A call. That, yeah. that, the trails there case connect to the Appalachian Trail. They do. Yeah. I want to go to Bushkill Falls this summer I as saw, well. Ricketts Glen is good. For that. Ricketts Glen. Ricketts Glen is a I mean, knob. It, no, but it's uh, very similar to what you just did yesterday. Sack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ricketts Glen's a little further away than it uh, is. Uh, Glen. How do you say it? Oak uh, Okano? Uh Okano. Okano. Uh, no. Onoko. 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 O N yeah, Onoko. When I did Hawk Mountain last fall. I had two falls that both of them could have been disastrous. One really? fall, yes, and <laughs> and because you know when you, when you get to the top of the mountain, you're, you're bouldering. It's just all giant rocks and boulders. And and I had slipped on one of the boulders because there was moss on it, and I had um, fallen a, I don't know, like three feet or so down. But it was just my my leg had gone down in between two rocks. Easily could have snapped my leg in half. Did you have appropriate uh, footwear? Oh, I had, yeah, okay, yeah. I was wearing right. my Merrells and everything right. like that. I yeah. just, you know, I just misstepped and I was trying to be careful. It and, happens. And then another time we had gotten off trail because they had these um, uh, blazes. Yeah, they're called blazes. Uh, they had these blazes and we were following the blazes and... and what, it's, the blazes? Yeah. What, what the blazes? <laughs> so we were what following... What blazes? I don't know. Those, like, uh, yellow, uh, those... Um, Stripes that they paint on like trees or rocks or whatever. Oh, that's a name um, for it. Trail markings. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, Blaze, you know, yeah. Oh, blazing so, oh, a trail. Pff, all right, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> God oh, damn. Like now it all makes sense. And trail. Yes. Trail. Trail. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we had, uh, we had trail. Uh, when you're on, like, when you're bouldering, the blazes are a little bit weirder. Um, so we had somehow gotten off a trail and Boulder! Then trying to make our way back. I slipped again. Press and I had fallen off of one rock backwards, right? Okay. Like onto another rock. And my, I was with my cousin. He didn't even see me. I had fallen backwards onto another rock down. And thank God I was wearing a camelback backpack because I, I, I landed. It cushioned, yeah, yeah. It cushioned everything. I yeah. landed and I was like, oh, my God, I'm okay. Like, yeah. Literally nothing hurts right now, and and I I easily could have cracked my you skull said, open. Yeah. Uh, you were rescued by a pack of wolves that raised you as their own. <laughs> but you know, I was trying. You know, like what, what you know, Kathy was saying, like you know, um, treacherous. I, I was trying to be careful, and I thought, you bedgerous. Yeah, but you know, something stupid can happen, and 
you're in an area where like, okay, if I snap my leg in half, how do I get out of this place? It's a concern. That's what they were saying about this is that um, people who are, and the reason why it's listed as where uh, proper footwear is people go up, they'll be in flip-flops in the summer, somebody twists an ankle, and now they need a whole rescue crew mm-hmm. to get up there, yeah. you know, to, to bring them down. Uh, wait, one last thing. I saw a snake yesterday, a milk snake. No, really? really? Wait, yeah. how did you react to that? Oh, she milked it. It was so well. Uh, no, so there were, you know, other hikers how were there. It, it was pretty. Yeah. It was pretty big. Uh, yeah, there were other hikers, and he pointed it out because he saw that you know we had three kids with us. So he was like, "Hey guys, look over here." It was enough of a distance away where I was okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, dude. Right. So it was red and black. Yeah, it was kind oh. of like a brownish red and black. Yeah, and it was just sitting there, and then uh, cool. slithered away. Is it, that's not Love. poisonous. Is it poisonous? The hiker said no. So okay. I hope so. Probably. Not. What's the? What, all right. So the, as far as the markings are concerned on a snake, there are telltale markings where. I, I don't know what it is. They so mark where a, you are on the trail. I, <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. There's a there's a coral snake um, that has similar markings to a, a highly venomous snake, uh, or, or one of the other, and it's like um, uh, red against black, stay back, or something. There's a, there's a saying that I never remember, and of course, it's not gonna <laughs> it's not gonna help. It. It's, <laughs> snake it's the in order, the day, secretly gay. It's the <laughs> It's the order of the colors, yeah. and yeah. and you can tell they look similar to each other. And, and Casey, I can't remember if it's a coral snake or a corn snake or what it is, but I know what you're talking about. It's it's funny though because you would panic if you were to see it, and you're like, I, I don't remember what the run is. <laughs> yeah. I, I see snakes all the time of decent size out but on these trails. Mostly, yeah. you need to look for the shape of their head. If it's it's yep. diamond shaped, it, it's chances are it's going to be venomous. It might be a viper. All right, yeah. How can we rhyme that to make it diamond shape? You're in bad shape. <laughs> You can't no. ride shape can't ride shape. What are you, Kid right. Rock? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Okay. Here we go. Uh, red touch black, safe for Jack. Red touches yellow, kills a fellow. Oh. Okay. The coral snake will have bands of red touching smaller bands of yellow. It's very it, uncommon to find a coral snake, by the way. But, but there's another snake that looks similar to it, and I can't remember what that is and why they have that rhyme, but... Yeah, I just pretty much stay away from snakes. Altogether. In, in general. Yes. Uh, hang on, let me get to Chris. Can I explain the colors of the snake? Hi, Chris. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, buddy? Not much. Uh, your Iron Chi Chi runner up here. Oh, hey, congratulations. Hey, buddy. How you doing? <laughs> Very well. How you guys doing? Good. So, all right. So, what the coral snake, was that what you were going to tell us, that same color thing? Yes. Red on yellow, kill a fellow. Okay. Red on black, venom lack. Venom lack. Okay, coral snake or a king snake. There you go. We- They're the ones that are Pueblin similar. milk snake. The Pueblin milk snake. The Pueblin milk snake is what the red on black is. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Red on All yellow right. kills a fellow. Thanks, Chris. Very good. You guys have a good one. You too, buddy. See diamond you head kills you dead. What's the other kind? There you go. Uh, not a diamond head. Not, not a diamond head. Doesn't kill you dead. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> Easy to remember. Okay. <laughs> Man, when I was a kid, I, okay. we lived in uh, South Carolina for a short amount of time, and um, cotton mouths were what you had to watch out for. Uh, yeah. And they could kill you, no problem. Very, they look very like? ven- venomous Cotton snakes. mouth, you run south. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, cotton mouth, and they're also known. Cotton froth, you run north. As a uh, a water moccasin, they're the same. Oh, same okay. thing. Yeah. Water moccasin, schmorter moccasin. Yeah, no, you have to. It's no, you don't oh, want to just. Right. Oh, you just shrug it. it off like that. Water <laughs> moccasin, yeah, water moccasin. moccasin. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Rattlesnake, what the heck? <laughs> we'll be seeing more snakes soon as it, as it warms up. Absolutely. Well, you know, again, I see them a fair amount on the trails. I, I hike all, you know, year round, and, and uh, it's wild to see. In the various areas that I go, things start to come back in, and the vegetation start to come back in. And you're, you're seeing, uh, you know, on the especially on the Wishaken Trail, you see there they have like there's, there's an Indian statue up way up high on a cliffside that's that that looks west. Okay, uh, the, the Lanape, I believe. Mm. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, but it's uh, it, it's just a wonderful stuff, and it's it's right here, easily accessible. Yeah, that's the thing. That's why I've really I'm, I'm happy that my son is wanting to get out and do this stuff. I'm like, this stuff is right around me. Yeah, and I've never accessed it before. And you you'll see and you things should. Are, like what Kathy's seeing. I mean, it's yeah. that's you know, and it, honest, unless you're to- unless you're a complete shut in, who's not going to love to see a uh, a waterfall where she's standing was pretty beautiful. And yeah. it was impressive. And yeah. even even uh, Valley Forge has these little cascades. They're not full-on waterfalls, but they're mm-hmm. neat to stop and take a look at. There's a place I was describing yesterday along the Cresham Trail, which they, they apparently closed or closed down during the weekends, but it's called the Devil's Pool. Okay. Oh. And it's, are you familiar with this? Well, yeah, people go and, and, and cliff jump, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's um, uh, and I guess, you know, they're, they're trying to, Cut down on that, but it has all sorts of cool little bridges that cross over, and and it's, you know, you and it's wild because you're you're basically just minutes from the city, but yeah. it, there you are out in the wilderness. And where exactly is it along that trail? Closer to like Chestnut Hill? Uh, uh, little, yeah, um, a little bit, half and half. Okay, yeah. I went out to yeah earlier in the uh, actually in winter. I went out and got hiking boots. Went to REI, got hiking boots, got some hiking pants. Hike, I'm all ready to hiking go. Hiking clothes. Oh, did you, did you hiking ascot. No, I didn't get the sticks. I, I like those I things. Get the sticks. <laughs> I have them. I have them. I, I never them. use them. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. when you use them, Steve? Um, more, uh, They're more helpful when going downhill, especially when mountain climbing, oh. yep. than they are for uphill. Uh, uphill's nice to have for balance and whatever else, but protecting your knees. Uh, yeah, no, I, I've used, I, used, I find a lot of times when I we, we were hiking in Switzerland, you know, because yeah. uh, Heidi did it, you know. Sure. Uh, but, uh, um, uh, man, when you're coming down a mountain a trail... Coming down is much more difficult yeah. on your legs. And more often than not, <laughs> well, you're, you're tired from the yeah. climb up. You, you know what I found out from now starting to do this is downhill is uh, hamstrings. Oh, yeah. On the way up is calves and, and quads. Yep. And and you you get, if you do the, the hills, you get the full leg workout. Oh, yeah. On, the way, down, body workout, on yeah. the way down, all I was thinking was, oh, yeah, we have to get back down now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, so I brought up this book, Preston. I, I received it for Christmas or birthday two or three years ago, and it's called 60 Hikes Within uh, 60 Miles of Philadelphia. It's available on Amazon and uh, find bookstores near you. Nice. But it's a, a great um, two two or three pages on each of these. Steve, some of them that you mentioned in Wissahickon yeah. are in there, and there are a lot of state parks that you can access these things, and sometimes it's just trails that are off the road that you didn't even know were around. Uh, I'm going to go real quick here. Uh, Kathy, Kevin has been on the Anoko Trail and wants a comment about the Kevin, you're on the air. What's up, dude? Hey, Kevin, turn your radio down. Kevin! Kevin! Anoko Trail, bring a pail. All right, Kevin's (laughs) out of here. Uh, He apparently said that, uh, are you there, Kevin? I'm here. Uh, Hey, we've been on for a while. What's up, (laughs) buddy? It's called Glen Anoka Falls. Yes, used to hang out there as kids ourselves. I mean, if if you go up there with no proper footwear, dude, you're not coming out alive. Wow. Do you, you do the tourism the for the? That was already bad tourism. <laughs> I don't know why you want to go up there unless you want to die. <laughs> Have a good day, folks. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can show you some. I got you. Yeah. All right. Uh, is it, but do you, you recommend people check it out, though, Kevin? Yeah, you could check it out. <laughs> if you want to die. Listen, man, I'm not telling you to go do it. <laughs> <laughs> and now the head of our tourism department, <laughs> Kevin. What are you idiots looking at? Yeah, pretty much so. You want to go die? Thanks, go Kevin. There. Take, take a six-pack with you when you go. Take a what pack? A six-pack. Six yeah. Six-pack. Yeah, I'm selling, <laughs> selling the kids. <laughs> I'm not sure about that tour guy. He seems very morose. <laughs> oh, my God. That's phenomenal. Oh, we um, didn't see him there yesterday. <laughs> he was over milking snakes. <laughs> Kathy, did you check yourself? For ticks afterwards? Oh, that's a good idea. Dude, I had a tick crawling on me uh, the other day. I was out uh, hitting some golf balls and had to uh, head off into a little wooded area quickly to fish some out, some errant shots. Yeah. And uh, went back home and sat on the couch, and one was crawling right up uh, my shirt. And I didn't even bitch. get, like, deep in to the woods or anything. I'm like, son of a bitch, now I got to worry about that. Worry about so this, yeah. This is when I love being bald and the whole thing because I, I go out and I'm, 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 I'm covered, you know, like the UV shirts and stuff like that. But when you get in, you take all that stuff off <laughs> mm-hmm. and you, you take a shower, you know, and, and just make sure because you never know. Yep. Yeah. Hey, with my dogs, I have this, uh, uh, every month I give them a treat and it's a flea and tick repellent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Works. You got you to put that on. Yeah. yeah. Can I eat it? Oh, of course you can. Any, yeah, any medications for animals are totally suitable for you. Do a whole fistful. Uh, I'm going to go to Vaughn. Hi, Vaughn. You're on the air. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy. What's up? Um, actually, I was up at Hickory Run State Park this past weekend. Um, I did a seven-mile hike uh, across three trails. And it had rained th- that Friday, you know, as you guys know, the weather. So the trails were still wet. And I was wearing a pair of Merrells, but I've seen – I saw people wearing basketball shoes, you know, and uh, – there was a good 35, 45, 45 degree angle, uh, incline, decline. So it was steep. Uh, some of the tra- parts of the trail were really steep. And I'm watching these people wear like casual shoes, you know. So it's like you really got, I mean, I didn't have the best shoes racking, but you really got to be smart, especially when you're walking on wet rocks and, and roots and things like that. So I, I um, use, I use the, the, the Merrells and the Solomons. I'll, I'll use there And they're, when you have good, the appropriate footwear it makes a vast difference you're right in regular sneakers you're going to f your feet up mm-hmm. yeah no um i saw i saw one person with a good pair of like ankle high walking shoes you know and this person looked like they you know this is cake for them so yeah uh, yeah especially uh we went I went down to one one small waterfall and i saw somebody pushing a stroller you know and this trail was not made for a stroller like, yeah come on hey von did you get over to the uh boulder field at all yeah, we did. I actually crossed it. Um, it took about a half an hour to walk across because it was uh, you had to be careful. But yeah, it was it was actually pretty warm out right before thunder, uh, the thunderstorms rolled in. Okay. But it was really nice to get out there and walk it. Cool, excellent. All right, well, thanks, Vaughn. I appreciate it. I have, I have a question about this. When you're out, and Steve, you walk trails a lot, yep. and Nick, you do as well. I not so much, and I'm getting up to speed on all this. But when you're out and you're in solitude, you found a trail where there's nobody out there, and you're walking for a while. And then you just come across somebody. Do you, for a moment, almost have like a Walking Dead type of sensation of I don't know what tribe that person's from. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what they're up to. Are they up? Or, you know? Are no, they, it's it's, you know it's, what I mean? it's a weird disruption it, to to a, a you you actually and I've, I I go out for a while, so you'll 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 have you're in the Zen state, yeah. and then it's like. Oh, and then and then you're and then they're looking at you, yeah. and you're looking at them. And and uh, because it's 
What what are you doing out yeah, here? Yeah, I almost and get they're this, asking the same thing. I almost get this uh, this uh, very primal. And and the reason I bring up Walking Dead is because yeah, yeah. amongst the living, when they come across strangers, it's like yeah. Are you good or bad? Yeah, right. Can I trust you? What, do you, what do you want from me? Uh-huh. And that's why and that's honestly, almost what I feel like when I'm out and I get now at last three, four seconds, and then it's gone for yeah. me personally. But, and it's weird when they but don't... But I always have that sensation. If they and don't I'm, say hi, yeah. yes. I'm always with my dog. 90% of the time I'm with my dog. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then I always, I'm always calming them down and say the dog is friendly and, and, and the whole thing. But, but yeah, it, it is a weird... And hey, hey, brother. From you know, my, my name is Dar. I'm of the mountain people. You know? Right. By the way, here's a great uh, text. Somebody quoting uh, the uh, head of tourism, uh, Kevin, that says, <laughs> quote, it's so dangerous, you should get high first and take a six-pack to get drunk on the way out. Just make sure you're wearing the right shoes. <laughs> Eileen wants to give up. Eileen wants to make up for Kevin. Okay. Uh, so okay. let me go to her. Hi, Eileen. Hi, guys. It's Irene, actually. I- Hi, Irene. What's up? So, yeah, I climbed Glenanoco. I actually did it in the fall, so that's probably not so much the best time because there was a lot of leaves down there, but it's not as terrible as he makes it seem. Um, you really do need proper shoe wear. Um, you really do want to try to have, like, the ankle, like, high hiking boots with yeah. really good traction because it is full of water, uh, like waterfalls um, and streams, so you're basically kind of hiking on slippery rocks the whole way up. It's about like seven and a half miles and like maybe three and a half, four of it is just a steady, like steep incline. Um, wow. I mean, but it's beautiful. It was, um, it was a hard hike. Um, there was a lot of like twists and turns and ducking and kind of like, okay, I think we'll go this way. This looks about right. Okay. Um, Did you end up dropping your six packs a lot or uh, was that an issue? You know, I mean, <laughs> if you have those backpacks with the camelbacks, you yeah. kind of just put your beer in those. Yeah. Right. No, no, Listen, you're right. Sorry to cut you short, uh, Irene. I appreciate the, the heads up, but it sounds like a really cool place to it go really to. It really is. Okay. It, it very much so is. Listen, we got to take a break, and we'll listen for uh, more of Kathy's outdoor adventures yes. as the season continues on. Trailblazer. <laughs> She's branching out, blazing. We, we, yeah. I didn't even know what that meant. There you uh, go. All right, so anyhow, we do have to take a break. We'll, we'll uh, return in just a little bit, so make sure you stay with us. Activate the Preston and Steve Show podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. So I spent the weekend in St. Louis. I grew up a, uh, a St. Louis Blues fan. Listen, I, I love our Flyers. I do. And I've, I've even worked for the organization yeah. with, the, with the, uh, the the fans and, and you know, we're friends with, with players on the team. But listen, I, I had been cheering for the Blues since I was five years old. My earliest memories were, you know, of a player named Gary Unger, who was my favorite when I was a little kid. And uh, so I had to go for this very first Stanley Cup victory in franchise history. So got a last-minute ticket, went to St. Louis, met up with my best friend and his family, and we went to the parade. How could you not? I had to go. Yeah. And, and it was so much fun. It was such a great time. And there is a Philadelphia connection to this victory, and you guys all know about it, you know, with with uh, Jack's MYB, and I met up with those guys while I was there, too, and I felt the Philly presence all around St. Louis, too, especially with the Chief on stage, holding the cup up in the air, former Flyer, head coach of the St. Louis Blues, Craig Berube. This morning. Hey, Coach, how you doing? I'm good, guys. How are you? We're, we're doing wonderful. Listen, I uh, we, we spoke to you 
after you guys made it into the final round of the playoffs into the Stanley Cup Championship. We had a chance to talk for a few minutes, and uh, that was really cool. And I didn't know if we'd be uh, if we'd be talking championship afterwards, and sure enough, it happened. So I just told the short story, but I, I was there, man. I came out for the parade. It was it was so much fun, and it was great to see you beaming. The way that you were on stage, holding the cup on the parade route, and uh, it, it had to, was it everything you dreamed it would be? Oh, yeah, and more for sure, you know. Uh, it's a great feeling for sure. Like, you're just so happy for the city and our players, and, you know, that's, as a coach, that's what I feel anyhow. But, I mean, I'm obviously happy, happy that uh, I was part of it. But uh, to see all those fans and uh, what a turnout. And just to see our players, how excited and happy they are and what they went through to, to win, like, it's tough. It's not an easy thing to do. And, no. Um, you know, uh, I, I've been to the finals, and uh, I know what it's kind of like as a player, but uh, it's crazy how hard yeah. it is. You know what? And what's what's funny, my, my perspective, uh, Craig, was that they – you know, I, well, I go in and I, I I see the Flyers play and I, and I watch the games and and these guys on the ice they look like men to me. They look like really big, very talented men. But for this day, they were kids, man. Yeah. They were they they seem like just fellas, dudes. I think would be the right word. <laughs> Was it? Yeah, they're well. They definitely. Uh... You know, once it's all over and you win, you know you just you let loose and you're just having fun now. You know, and they and they and they seem so young. You know, well, they are young. Most of them. I mean, there's yeah. only you know we got a, we got maybe I don't know. I think two, maybe three guys in their thirties, maybe three. Yeah. But uh, you know, most of the guys are pretty young. You know, they're they're anywhere from 22 to 26 is probably. Our average age on our team. We're looking at a, a picture here, and they obviously built this incredible arch for you guys, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is just impressive. Yeah, I took coach. I took a picture from the. We we, we got a hotel room right by the uh, you know the staging grounds on uh, the grounds of the arch, and I took a picture of the crowd down there, and it was just impressive to see yeah. all those people out there the way they were, you know. Oh, it was for sure. I just, I was kind of blown away, honestly, just going through the whole parade and how, and the people and how crazy it is and cheering and how many people. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. I don't know if you had even had time to think about your legacy in the city of St. Louis. Uh, you know, being a Philadelphian, I, I just, we wanted a Super Bowl here for the longest time and it didn't happen. And then, you know, the Eagles hired, Doug Peterson and a lot of people scratched their heads and then lo and behold Doug Peterson brings the city first Super Bowl and so nobody in the history of the rest of the world will ever be able to do what you did which is bring the first Stanley Cup to St. Louis have you has that sunk in for you yet I don't know I I honestly don't think about it like that but I mean I know I'm part of uh you know the first Stanley Cup in St. Louis which is a great feeling for sure and um, you know, anytime you're part of something first, um, you know, it's going to go down in, in history, you know? Um, so I look at it, I'm part of the team, you know, I, I was a head, I'm, I'm the head coach, but I just view it as part of the club and, uh, just like everybody else. So, I mean, it's a great feeling, no doubt guys, but, uh, um, you know, I'm just enjoying it right now. Cool. When are they going to scrub uh, interim head coach and make it official head coach <laughs> of the St. Louis Blues? Cause I think you earned it. <laughs> 
I don't want. I just want to be interim. <laughs> yeah, less less pressure. I, I think. Yeah, re- remember remember the important when you renegotiate. Remember all this because that that'll be that'll be the the deal. But I mean, it it is something. You know, obviously, Casey brought up the Eagles and how fantastic that was. Speak comfort to us in Philadelphia, and I mean, it also provides you know us with uh, you know. Listen, we have a great team here, and and there's every possibility, but. From your point of view, you know, what can you impart to us about, um, you know, how, how you never count a team out? Well, yeah, I mean, um, I, I, you know, I, I'm pretty impressed by our team to go through uh, January, February, and March. And uh, when you're so, first of all, just those months in general are the hardest months in the NHL, in my opinion, because you have so many teams fighting to get into the playoffs. Um, it's the hardest hockey that goes on throughout the season. And we were on the road for two and a half months. And it was incredible to watch our team uh, win hockey games night after night. It was incredible. And for for me, it all boils down to character and leadership is the biggest key. And I believe that in all sports. But you got to have good character and got to have good leadership. And it may take some time for that to come out and, and and be put in the right place on the ice. And that's part of coaching is to get that out of your players and to get them to lead in the right way and, you know, the character and all that. And so everybody's part of it and they all have a piece of it. But that was a grind that we had to go through. And to get ourselves, we ended up with 99 points. Pretty good season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where we were. That's Not, a lot of winning in, in a few months, short months, you know? Yeah. So you, you, it was impressive. As, it's impressive as I've ever seen in hockey for from me personally. Uh, that that uh, three months we went, went through. And then in the playoffs, I think what really helped us throughout the playoffs is after a loss, we were so tough mentally and we preached mental toughness most of the time uh since i took over that was one of the biggest things about being mentally tough our mental toughness was at an all-time high and we just let things go and moved on and our goalie was was a real (laughs) example of that for sure but that's that's a big thing and uh we did that throughout the playoffs because you have to if you want to be successful in my opinion now you mentioned character but how much of it also is a cheesy 1980s pop song <laughs> <laughs> well you gotta have you gotta have something like that to go along with the story right yeah well and and listen you know it, it, it was this bizarre philadelphia connection that's why part of the reason yeah. why i was i felt I had this wild connection being here in Philadelphia, but I grew up, I'm I'm originally from St. Louis. I grew up there and this strange connection between the two cities was, it was present everywhere while I was in this week and I heard people talking about it. Freaking Anheuser-Busch put it on their Bud Light can. I saw that, yeah. It said, Gloria, Gloria, it it got that big. And that all started here at Jackson, South Philadelphia. And it was just this wild little tendril between these Two cities that's that's kind of joined them together, and 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 believe it or not, uh, Craig, a lot of people were talking about a movie 
wanting a movie being made no. about the team, and that would be a big part of it, too. The song and oh, the wow. connection to Philadelphia and all mm-hmm. these things. I'm like, the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, you went from last to winning the championship. You had this weird little song tied into it. First time in over 50 years. I'm like, that does kind of have the makings for I a good movie. I could see Steve Carell playing Craig Berube. I'm like, Steve Carell? I'm, I'm already cool. like casting this movie. This and I'll great. play Laura Brannigan. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, that, that song was a, was a big part of this, and you're right. There always needs to be something, some added little thing that that yeah. uh, that threads through it all. But um, are, are you kind of sick of hearing the song by now? <laughs> well, I, like, to be honest with you, I would never listen to the song, never. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, I kind of started to like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I think there's every, every reason to like it now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so. Craig, as a as a, uh, a petty Philadelphia fan, not only was I rooting for the Blues, but I was certainly rooting against Boston. And and I yeah. wanted to point out something uh, on air because it was interesting slash funny to me to watch Brad Marchand leave the ice with seven seconds left in the first period and have you guys score that second goal. Did you notice that when that happened, when Marchand was not out there and essentially turned into a brief power play for you guys and you were able to score that very important second goal? Well, I knew he was out there when we came up with the puck and we were attacking. He was playing defense because he was backing up a defenseman. But that change happened over on the right. I couldn't really see that. He went off the ice. I didn't see that till after when I watched uh, the game and stuff um, after. So I didn't see that till after. It was kind of a weird play by him for sure. And then obviously Petrangelo comes in there. He's got a free lane right to the net. And, that's a real big goal with seven seconds to go in the period in the Stanley Cup final game. Huge. I mean, oof, huge goal. Great play by uh, Petrangelo. And in my opinion, I thought he was the best player on the ice on both teams. I know Bennington had a great first period for us. But I really thought that our captain was our best player on the ice. Wow. I got to say, uh, when it comes to the sport of hockey, um, the, the players play balls to the wall all the time. And, and what was impressive to me was that, uh, you know, as, as the seconds were closing out and and the championship was, you know, all but eminent, uh, everybody on that ice was playing. You know, it, the Boston Bruins were playing as if they can they can make a comeback, even though they're down three goals and there's 30 seconds left. And you're like, dude, it's almost virtually impossible. But they never let up until, you know, the very, very last seconds. And, and I, you don't see that a lot in other sports. Like, it just doesn't happen in football, uh, you know, baseball, basketball. Like, when there's a commanding lead as, as you know, the, the game's winding down, they just don't, you know, seem to play as hard. In the hockey, they do. Yeah. I, I, well, that's, first of all, I, I mean, there's been goals scored in, in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, I know Chicago did it against Boston. They had seven, uh, scored two goals in 17 seconds. So... Things do happen quickly in this game. So I think, you know, it's part of this coach's job. And, you know, the players know you just you, you play till the end. That's what they're taught, and that's what we teach. And you play hard till the end. And, our, you know, I'm glad our guys did because you got a 4-1 lead. I don't know, like there was like two minutes and something left in the game. I mean, you know, it's just a lot of time still that anything can happen. So don't take a chance. Hey, uh, Craig, what do you feel about uh, this uh, video of you giving the team a speech in the locker room right before they head out is is making uh, making its round on on social media. I just want to point out though before you comment on that, mm-hmm. four f bombs, four goals. <laughs> I think there's a connection there. Uh, but but what well, do you th- <clears throat> what do you think about that? I mean, you were you were being very frank. You were saying speaking the way you speak in a locker room. How do you think about the? What do you think about this uh, video making the rounds? 
Well, I mean, I don't, I personally, it's hard. I don't like stuff getting out like that. And, you know, what we do in a locker room for, for me personally, it, it's, you know, I like it to stay in there, but you know, it's part of the, the game and the, you know, the NHL, they want to promote things. So, I mean, I'm a direct guy, you know, I don't, uh, they, my players know that and they know how I, you know, how I'm going to talk and what we need to do. And, you know, I just, I wanted to get them pumped up, ready for the game and go out hard right away because it's, you know, we're in a Stanley Cup final game. You know, give it everything you got and go play. Hey, Herb Brooks was, was dropping F-bombs right before the U.S. won in 1980. So I think it's, uh, That's I right. think you're in good company, yeah. you know? Well, it's not like not like everybody hasn't heard it before. Yeah, right. Yeah. Potty mouth means victory. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, Herb Brooks's players hated him, and your players love you. So whatever you're doing, you're doing right. Um we had uh, Bernie Ferrant on the show last week, and he said that yeah. uh, he expected Bennington to have a great game on the road. Uh, and Bernie was right, and he, you know, he was talking about he, Bernie knows goalies. Is, is there any uh, rhyme or reason as to why Bennington and the, your entire team, in fact, um, Craig, played better on the road in the postseason than they did at home? Yeah, it's, it's a hard one to figure out. You know, all I, all I can really say is like I do believe on when we're on the road, um, there's there's always less distractions for me. Uh, but I think just our game and the way we play, we're way more, we're a way more simpler team on the road. So we play a d- defense first mentality on the road, uh, which is obviously going to help our goalie. Um, you know, I think at home we try to tend to open things up more and play more of a skill game, and that's not our team. You know, we're a tough team. We grind it out. We play, you know, a hard forward check and physical style of hockey, and. Just looking at all the stats and everything throughout the playoffs that I went over, we were just way more physical and hard to play against on the road for some reason. At home, we tend to try to score. It's kind of a, a weird thing to say, but we try to almost score too much at home, and it, it goes against us. Wow. Okay. We just want you, before we let you go, to reveal uh, any other secrets that you may have for our Flyers who face <laughs> you next year, well, if, you, if you'd be the, willing the to the do that. Going to, they're going to be fine. They're going in the right direction. Okay. Um, they are. Seriously, they got a lot of good young players, a uh, young goaltender that's going to be a good goalie. Um, you know, you, you, Drew and Voracek and these guys are still good players. They're great. They're produce. Yeah. You know, it, it just takes time sometimes, and it just – it just has to come together at the right time, and then anything can happen, you know. So, there's a lot of positive to look forward to, and uh, I'm always, uh, I'm always rooting for, you know, deep down the Flyers. You know, I love the Flyers yeah. too. So, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, you know, obviously I got a new home now, but that, you know, I'm still, I still come here in the off season, and uh, again, I look back at my whole career and uh, guys like Paul Holmgren and Bob Clark, who, you know, did everything for me in my career from not only a plan but a coaching, and. Uh, I always still have that in my heart and respect those guys and love those guys. Give our best to Braden Shen as well. I was happy to see him score yeah, goal in Game 7. Yeah. You got it. Excellent. All right. Thanks, Coach. We appreciate it. Craig Berube. Yay! Congratulations. And uh, thanks for being on this morning. So, yeah, they did it, man. Because a win for them is a loss. No. Well, a it's a loss. <laughs> yeah, it's a loss for Boston. Thank you. I think I was say a win for them is a win for us. I guess it would be. Yes. Yeah, 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 and it is. Nobody wanted to see Boston. Nobody <laughs> no around here wanted to see no, Boston. No, no, enough. It was, it was absolutely enough. Uh, I got to throw some love out to uh, Mike Monteclavo and uh, and Petey and the guys at uh, Jack's NYB because I, I met up with them uh, while I was in St. Louis. I knew that they were going to be there. 
Um, they, they they were the word was they were going to have a uh, a float in the parade. Unfortunately, it fell through. At the thought, last yeah. I, I thought it would have been perfect. I think the crowd would have absolutely loved it because I'm telling you, man, it was the story everywhere around there. If I mentioned I was from Philadelphia, people would say, oh, yeah, you know about this place? And I would either take the time to say, yeah, well, I do a radio show. We had them on. We know who these guys are. But, you know, I just like I just wanted to hear the story from them. I was at the airport getting ready to fly out, and there was nobody else in the restaurant, me and one other table, and that's all these guys were talking about. He's like, yeah, I ran into these guys earlier at the airport this morning. You know the story about this Jacks NYB? It's very cool. And they started explaining what mummers were and everything, I was just being a fly on the wall listening to it. So you've been to two championship parades in less than two years. Can you compare the two? I mean, they're very yeah. different, different times of year, different sports, et cetera. But um, the Eagles parade was was massive. Uh, and we got to broadcast from it. This was your childhood and your growing right. up years and, and, and meant something different to you. Difference is uh, the weather's much better in the summertime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To be yeah. outside all day. But it was freaking cold at the at the Eagles parade. But I would say, um, you know, both had the excitement of first time. So that's that was the thing they had in common, both of these parades, that everybody couldn't believe this was actually happening. So that was really, really cool. Um, the size, this is a much bigger city than St. Louis, so it was more massive on Philadelphia's, uh, and, and the scale of in Philadelphia. Although I have to say the view of the arch was a little more impressive. That's cool. Uh, we're just seeing that, uh, that many people in, in that ground. But the production of the parade route itself, of the way the players were and the, and, you know, the team represented, the Eagles did a much better job. It's also a bigger team, too. You got to keep yeah, that in yeah, mind. There's, true. you know, 50 more players, players, more yeah. staff, yep. more, yeah, yep. everything. Well, one thing that any city uh, that wins a championship needs to take note, and I don't know if, if the, fly, if the uh, Eagles were the first to do this or not, but when we were set up and broadcasting live along the parkway and we saw all those video screens, and then about three hours before the parade started, they started showing the game. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Should be done anywhere. Absolutely brilliant. And I'm surprised that they didn't do that in St. Louis. They didn't have video screens and start playing the game because yeah. that gives people something to do and get just as excited the second time yep. around again for. Because you remember when they, when those, when they scored, yeah. Yeah. the yeah. crowd was going crazy. Yeah. And it was so cool. They did remember, have a guy with a, with a megaphone describing the game. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, they, But uh, is this just crowd noise? It's crowd okay. noise. <laughs> That took a lot for them to get that here in Philly, and, and uh, it also had a lot to do with not playing the sound and uh, it being completely rebroadcast uh, in its entirety. So there were some things. So maybe for some reason they couldn't get it done. Yeah, I, I don't know. Plus, it, and it would it rained heavily earlier in the day too oh, for, in, in St. That Louis, so that, that could have been an issue as well. But. I would say the production of the Eagles parade was much better because they had those big confetti cannons that, you know, came out in front of the buses. And you got to have that. that all over confetti, the place. Confetti, it means everything. And they were cranking up music through the sound system as they, as they were coming through. Now, this was a lot of fun and really, really cool. But right. now, once they got to the actual stage uh, on, on the, the grounds of the Arch, that production was a little bit more slick than what they had at the Art Museum, I thought. So it was a little trade-off of each. Sure, sure. Um, so can you just talk about, like, just your experience Getting there, uh, you know, just the idea, like it, 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 the thought came into your mind. I don't even know if the thought of going to the parade was your original thought or if somebody in this room planted that seed. Or... Well, I, I kind of, I said it out loud. I'm like, man, I wonder if I could get to the parade. I kind of yeah. said it like that. And, Steve, and then you let it go. Yeah. And then Steve just goes, you should. <laughs> 
And I go, really? And then my, you know what? I wasn't really serious about that, but now let me. If you miss the first time ever, you can't yeah. ever reclaim that. Right. So this was the first time ever we had it covered because Pierre was going to be there, and we had all the you know the, the whole deal. And look, you know. It was a historical blood drive, so there right. we go. But I, I, I will tell you, I, I, this will be the only time I ever do something like that. <laughs> I mean, it was, if, if, they, it. if for some reason it were to happen again next year, I'm not going to go. There's no. no way I'd go. But it was the first time in, in the franchise history, and I've been, you know. The organization. And the organization, thank you. Since I was a little kid, I've been a fan, so it made sense to go. But I tell you what, when we got, uh, I got there in the evening, uh, my buddy Steve picks me up. We go back to their house. Everybody gets their stuff ready because we had a hotel in the city. Went to the hotel. We show up at the hotel at 9 o'clock. There was a two-hour line just to check in. Check no. in at the hotel? In. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Were they serving drinks? No, but we brought them with us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we stood in line, and there was an Emo's Pizza within walking distance. So I walked off and got a pizza and brought it back, and we Smart. ended up having that. But, uh, yeah, it was it was pandemonium, pandemonium. And tracking down Mike and the guys from Jack's was kind of fun. Um, was it like... Uh, because... He had I, I had Pokemon te- Go. Why well, texted? Uh, and by the way, he, th- these are the guys from uh, Jackson YB. The whole Gloria thing and the and the tie in with the team. Um, I texted him when I got into St. Louis. I'm like, hey, dude, you know I'm here because he had he had texted me before I took off and was like, hey, we're meeting at like 1:30 at this bar. You want to come by? I'm like, I'm not even getting there till like eight o'clock tonight. So I got there and I texted him. He's like, hey, we're going to this place, uh, and and the team's going to be there. They have a VIP room or something. And I told my buddy Steve, and he's like, he's like, it's a total twenties bar. It's like a meat, yeah. mar- you know, meat market. And I'm like, I don't know if we want to go there or not. And I got a text back from Mike, and he's like, hey, there's like 500 people in line. Just tell them we're, you're with Jackson. They'll let you in. I'm like, yeah, right. Uh-huh. I'm not gonna do that. So the next late, late, late that night, I get a text from him. It's a picture of him drinking out of the Stanley Cup. <laughs> you're like, son of a bitch! No, I didn't, you know what, I didn't care, because yeah. I know what a mess it would have been. It would have been me trying to go, hey, look at me, yeah, let yeah. me in, please, and I don't like doing that. Who are you? I was really stoked for those guys. I was, sure, like, yeah. really sure. excited because it had come full circle for them that they had been a part of this thing from the beginning, and it blew up into this big sensation in that town, and next thing you know, they're hanging with the team, and they're drinking out of the Stanley Cup. That's so, pretty damn cool. Is the lesson, seize the moment? Seize the moment. Seize the moment. Most definitely. Carpe and, City. And then, so I, I I called him the next morning as we were trying to work our way up through the parade route before it started, and he answered the phone, and I could. it was like his voice was like, uh, <laughs> It's like Stallone. I'm like, we had a night last night, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I eventually tracked him down. They have met some people from the city that had a a truck, a flatbed truck set up on the parade route so they'd be raised up. And I went over and said hi to him and hung out for him. They let me climb up on the truck for a couple minutes. I took a cool picture. And then then we got out of there. Uh, But they were, you know, they they couldn't believe it was all going on. But they're like royalty there now. So They got to hang with John Hamm. Yeah. Oh, did they hang with John Hamm? Yeah, in one of the uh, series of the photos that they posted on Instagram, which is uh, the Jacks. You could have hung with John Hamm. The Jacks NYP. There's a picture of, uh, of them with John Hamm. They're drinking out of the cup and they're hanging with him. I would have been more excited to hang out with John Hamm. Yeah, Hamm's. me too. And <laughs> to drink from the Stanley Cup. Or to drink from John Ham. Oh, I didn't even think of that. But, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy for those guys. And I'm glad it turned into that that big sensation. So Look at that. A, a, a record blood drive and you got to 
do something you thought you'd never get to do. Yeah, for those who, who missed out on the news, we, the President's Day Show, and you, which we couldn't have done it without you and all the people that support it, managed to have the biggest blood drive in the United States. 1,416 pints of blood were uh, were taken at uh, the, I believe, for Presidency Blood Drive on Saturday. Amazing. Went way beyond what I thought we'd ever get, Steve. We just kind of... We floated the word out there. Yeah, we want the record, and we never yeah. do that. We never ever ever no, do that because it's all good, and we, yeah. and we would only we don't even set a, a goal for the camp out. Yeah, but if so, if this everything bears out, and it seems to be bearing out. In one year, we had the largest single sponsored food drive yeah. in the country, the Camp Out for Hunger, and the largest single day blood drive in the country. Can I recap just my week alone, real quick, and that's part <laughs> sure. of it. All right. Say, oh, my son graduated from high school on uh, on Monday. Right. Uh, we accepted a, a national award from the National Association of Broadcasters on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Wednesday was my 20th anniversary for my wife and I, Steve's 60th yeah. birthday. Uh, the Blues won the Stanley Cup. So this yep. is for me personally, you know, Crazy. in my life. The Blues win the Stanley Cup. I fly out for a, a, something I never do, a, a, a whirlwind weekend, yeah. to watch the championship parade. And then we have the largest blood drive in the country on Saturday. Yeah. And I know I'm missing Father, something. Father's Day! And it was Father's Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. the kids. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's been the week alone. Uh, it's, it's pretty. Just, it's a pretty great week. I can't believe I survived. You can honest. retire now. I went to bed at seven forty-five last night. <laughs> oh man! But anyhow, it's it's a it's a wonder I'm alive. So back to do the radio show and feeling good about it. And uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. All summer long, MMR invites you to join our weekend block party. Listen for three song blocks of all your favorite artists. Plus, this weekend, we're adding special theme blocks with a common thread. Every hour is your shot to identify the theme and win theme theme park park tickets. A four-pack to Hershey Park. Happiness is best when shared. Rock by Blocks, all summer long. 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. The Wells Fargo Center once again is going to be lit up and ready to go. A lot of noise, a lot of activity as WWE Monday Night Raw is once again here. This town loves it. Uh, Most definitely. And our next guest. We'll be amid all of the action. He's got a, uh, a list of accolades a mile long. Please welcome from the WWE, Mr. Drew McIntyre. Thank you very much for having me. How you doing, Drew? Fantastic. Excellent, man. Well, welcome. Have you have you wrestled in uh, Philly? Have you done Monday Night oh, Raw before? I've wrestled in Philly many, many times. The fans here are wild and crazy. They remind me of the fans back in Scotland. Yeah. yeah. Mental. The fans here are mental, and I'm excited for tonight. Mental. I love it. <laughs> exactly. Mental, you nailed it. Yeah. Exactly right. That's cool. There's got to be some... I mean, obviously, this is a huge organization, and... And and we've said countless times until you actually go see it. Even if you're if you're on the fence, it has a huge fan base. It's very active. But if you got to go and see it in person to understand what is so amazing about it, for your for your entertainment dollar, it, it you know it, it you guys are working constantly to get the audience going, and it's just a great time. So yeah, I appreciate that, and that's like really is the case. You know, those who know know. But if you don't, if you're on the fa- on the fence, tickets start at twenty dollars. You know, we're PG. We've got something for everybody. I always say give it a chance. Are you surprised at, 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 at the wide variety of people who are WWE fans? I mean, of all all walks of life. 
Uh, not at all. Like yeah. I say, there's something for everybody. There's so many different characters, you know, just such a smorgasbord of entertainment yeah. from top to bottom. There really is something for everybody. You just got to give it that chance. I have friends in Scotland that aren't necessarily, you know, big wrestling and sports entertainment fans. Right. They just watched it because I was on the show, and then they got caught up in all the other <laughs> characters and the storylines. Now they're big fans because of it. Yeah, yeah. So there's all different kinds of characters in uh, in the WWE, all different kinds of physical makeups and so forth. Is it tough being the good-looking guy in, uh, <laughs> in the world of professional wrestling? Make me blush. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you've got movie movie quality. Yeah, you I, are you, have you been approached? Because obviously WWE serves as a good... You know, testing grounds for people who want to go on to movie uh, movie careers. Have you have you had? Uh, uh, I mean, there's any been a few things I've been involved with. Yeah. You know, this has always been my passion. I, I've been wrestling since I was 15 years old, but you know, eventually I am going to have to slow down a bit. Perhaps you know, think about other options. And yeah, it's always an option with you guys because you always. And we've said it many times before. You just to be where you are, you have a natural skill set that. Kind of lends itself to being in the in the movies. I mean, look at Dwayne Johnson as the well. That's what I was going to. I mean, he's the highest paid actor in oh, the yeah. uh, in the world, it. the nicest guy in the world as yeah, well. He's yeah. absolutely killing it. Yeah, I mean, how how do you guys perceive to look at at Dwayne Johnson? Is he just like he's got to be the crown jewel? I mean, yeah, I just admire him. Like yeah. everything about him, his work ethic is absolutely incredible. You know, he made such a big name. You know, in WWE, and went on to show that we're just more than just those meatheads in the ring. And yeah. goes back. He has the, the he so he produced the movie Fighting with My My Family. Yeah, and, and that so that's the the the, uh, the yeah, there's the, literally nothing that man can do. Right, sure. but you know it's funny because we had Stephen Merchant in here talking about um, uh, you know the early days of wrestling when he got he wrote that movie, and he said like in England I think it was the same here years and years and years ago. The uh, the wrestlers were not; they were just huge. They weren't like you guys are are, are jacked and are in, in shape. But do do, do do you were you aware of wrestling when you were growing up? You're more into f- you were a footballer, weren't you? When yeah, you were I played uh, like football, like yeah. soccer, soccer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's football. It's a ball you kick right. with your feet. <laughs> it's the same um, thing. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I was aware of it. Like the UK wrestling actually finished on television in 1988. I was three at the time, so I was always into the WWF, the WWE. That's all I wanted to do, but also I was playing soccer at the time, and nobody believed I could actually do it because nobody from Scotland had ever been signed to WWE, like ever. And I started when I was 15 and worked very hard at it. Kept to university to keep my parents happy, and at 21, it paid off, and I was the first ever Scotsman signed uh, to WWE. It just seemed just unattainable to everybody else, but to me, it was always the goal. Where, Where did you go to university? Uh, in Glasgow Scotland? Caledonian University in Scotland, yeah. Okay, so how do you go from from being a Scot and then working your way into, you know, these big American wrestling uh, uh, organizations like this? Did you have to move over here first or did you make your way in Scotland? No, I, uh, like I say, I started when I was 15. I uh, did whatever I could, like show-wise on my school holidays, the summer holidays. I would leave home for two months on the road. I would train and train. I'd work out all the time, so I would look the part, and inevitably I got a tryout when I was 21 in the London Arena, and that's how it happened at a WWE Raw no earlier kidding. in the day. It's, I it's weird. in the ring, and I got signed. They told me, we're thinking about bringing you to America, and I told you know, John, Lar- John Larnett, is the head of talent relations at the time, I'm thinking of letting you. Yeah, It does happen, <laughs> though. We, 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 think of, uh, we don't think of that, you know, that, that sort of global, um, you know... Uh, Attempt to, to pull in people from around the world to be part of the the, the whole culture, but it is they're, they're, they you know they're they're active all around the world and have offices 
I mean, WWE is a, a huge company. So. Especially now. The global footprint is just incredible. It's huge, yeah. any country we're not involved with. But now we've opened um, a training center, a performance center in the U.K., we're talking about opening multiple other performance centers across the world. We have people representing every country you can possibly imagine now. It's just an unbelievable time and unbelievable opportunities for everybody. I wanted to ask you because I was reading a little bit about you. I don't know if this is true, but were you like, as, as a kid, were you like totally into ghost stories and oh, yeah. and uh, conspiracy <laughs> theories? And, like, oh, you really, insane when you I was You were insane, yeah? Yeah. And like, you got, uh, you were like, were, there was a magazine at X Factor? X Factor, yeah. I used to have a subscription when I was about 10. Explain what this was about. Okay, basically it was about, you know, the conspiracy theories, yeah. uh, ghost stories, unique bugs, unique diseases <laughs> across the world. Just many different weird things. I was that kid. Things. I loved uh, ghost stories yeah. and all, all I took it way crazy. further. Like, I had a sample re- letter that you could write to the FBI, you know, and get information under the Freedom of Information Act. <laughs> you were so using I was what? 11, I used that sample letter, sent it to America. Wow. Was, my dad was waiting for me when I got home from school, 11 years old, with a dossier. <laughs> but this thick, like, holding my hands about four inches apart, asking me, Drew, why are the FBI in America sending you a bunch of documents? Because I, like, I asked for them dad the drew and he kept saying in america i was like why are the fbi in america sending you a bunch of documents I was because i asked for them under the freedom of information act so you're 11 be normal <laughs> you're an 11 year old kid using the, the a foia request to get information from the fbi and they sent it to you they did and uh yeah i was so into it and eventually i learned you know there's a, a lot of interesting things out there if you find it out they're probably gonna off you so i'm gonna take this wrestling thing a bit more serious <laughs> as far as ghosts because i mean scotland Scott, I love my my wife and I. So our our one our favorite vacations was going to, to Scotland. Just loved it. Uh, but you're, you're you're it's rich and steeped in in ghost legend. And I mean, were you have you yourself ever had an encounter? Uh, I've had a lot of weird things happen. I've never seen anything. Yeah, um, you know, an apparition as such. But I've felt a lot of weird things. I've seen things knocked off shelves, and yeah, you know, probably the scariest place. You know, Edinburgh's a great, great place to visit if it's anybody awesome. goes to Scotland and the ghost tours, etc. But the scariest place I've ever been was the Myrtles Plantation in St. Francisville, Louisiana. So, really, if anyone finds themselves down there, that place is terrifying. What makes it? What makes it so? Um, just, I mean, the history is absolutely insane. You have to research it. Yeah. But when you walk through the courtyard, it just feels like there's a thousand eyes on you. That's what I always say. If there's wow. something there, there's a presence there, there's an energy there. It feels like there's eyes on wow. you. It felt like there was legitimately a thousand eyes on me as I walked through that courtyard. If you have some time, I know you're busy because obviously you guys do a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff like you're doing right now. Eastern State Penitentiary right here in Philadelphia is considered one of the most active, haunted places in the world. For people who are into this... I am into uh, it. Yeah, so, uh, and uh, it might be worth you walking around because that, you talk about a place that just exudes that sort of, there's something here, you know? Like, yeah. it's, it's even in broad daylight. Yeah, yeah. Eastern State Penitentiary. It's right in the city. It's very cool. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, you know what? When you when you guys pull into a, a, a town, you know, as I was going to say, if you have time, you can go do that today. Uh, but when you're in and, and the event is tonight, what's your day like? I mean, you're doing press like this today, but then uh, at what time do you start Get ready for the match tonight. You know, I'm always ready. Born ready. Born ready. Yeah, for today, I I arrived last night around midnight from Fairfax. We had a show. Uh, So I drove through the rain, got to the hotel, went to sleep for a few hours, got up about five, had my breakfast, got myself together. We just did a TV spot. Talk yeah. to yourselves, a couple more radio spots, then I'll hit yeah. the gym, do some heavy deadlifts. There you go. And I'll head to the building around two, three, find out what I'm actually doing. Then we'll... 
I guess we'll start warming up. So, <laughs> so sometimes you may not know exactly what's going to happen. No tonight. idea. No, so, no kidding. Enjoy this job. You know, uh, to be you know a top player in this game, you really have to be ready for anything yeah. at any time and just be able to improvise, go with the flow, and be ready to go at any time. The night, the night of the of the event, Steve. I, I always think of uh, of the movie Running Man. You know, where they're, yeah, oh, yeah. they're like, like they're back in a dressing room somewhere, and you hear fireball, suit up now. Yeah, you know, and, and they're they're calling people and getting ready to go out. Sure, to the like, yeah, All right, yeah, shows on. I guess that happens a lot. Much no like, kidding. Uh, yeah, live television, a lot of changes. A lot more of the people would be very surprised how much changes on live raw. Yeah. Okay, you know, so actors would have a seizure if they were handed their script <laughs> three weeks in advance for raw. Then they got there, went, "There's a new script," and as yeah. we're going live, here's a new script. Yeah, yeah. as so it's going, you have guys that okay, you, uh, Drew, you're performing tonight, uh, or hey, you're on call. Is there a such thing as on call where? You're there, and you may or may not go out. Yeah, you're always on call. Everyone on the roster is on call. You should be ready to go at any time, and everyone should be working, like waiting for that opportunity, so working hard for that opportunity. And if you're not featured on the show right now, you should be doing everything you can to get yourself in a position. So if you get that opportunity, you're going to kill it, and you will be featured in future. Wow. Because there's always somebody who's looking to get this spot as well. I assume there's there's a probably, a, and we've heard it from the other uh wrestlers we've had come in there's sort of like a, a competitive but fraternal atmosphere like it's everyone's you're supportive but everyone wants that shot absolutely yeah yeah, yeah i was with the company from age 21 to 29 i was released because i really wasn't given everything i possibly could and while i was away from the company i had two choices you know get myself together make a name for myself or i'm done with this dream right and i worked my butt off i became the biggest name outside wwe and i returned with a whole new mentality of i'm not going to let this opportunity slip away and i'm back to be number one not just another guy <laughs> right yeah yeah if you're just tuning in it's uh, drew mcintyre is going to be wwe uh monday night raw at the uh, wells fargo center uh reading up a little bit and i've seen a lot of people doing this are you um are, are you a practitioner of the uh diamond dallas page yoga uh, yes, I am. DDPY. Yeah, yeah. He likes to call it. What's What's so great about that? Uh, we've, we've seen a lot of people, it's turned their lives around. Oh, yeah. There's so many examples. If you get on YouTube and look up Arthur, for example, just watch that video and try not to cry. Yeah. The difference he's made in people's lives and given them their lives back. No kidding. It's really incredible. And for myself, um, you know, I've been wrestling 18 years, even though I'm 33 right now. I had a lot of injuries that were nagging and bothering me. And the way he does the yoga, it's not your traditional you know, namaste and relaxing music, which gives me anxiety. It's basically do this, it'll make you better, incorporates yoga movements, rehab movements, and it really is, you know, for everybody. There's different levels for everyone. I what, saw a bit of that documentary. It's pretty wild what he's uh, what he's been able to do. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. And he's changed the lives of many people, including like Jay the Snake Roberts, who everyone just wrote off. He was on, like, the death watch list for yeah. everybody. We had him in here. We had him in here talking you about met him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. His story is amazing. I met him when I was 16. He t- trained me a little in Scotland. Like, he lived in the UK for a few years. Yeah. And he was in a bad way back then. And I saw him again maybe last year. Miraculous. And I told him, like, like you know, it's incredible to see the difference. Yeah. And he told me at the time that like, you're going to make it in front of everybody. He was like, this kid's going to make it. And okay. I, I just blown smoke. <laughs> and he told me, I remember that. I was like, oh, well, I wonder if he does, like, for real. But he literally said that when I was a kid. And oh, that's to see awesome. him again, to see the difference was just amazing and a testament, you know, to DDP. What an amazing vote of confidence, too, to get that from somebody like that. Oh, yeah, that was just unbelievable. He has a 16-year-old kid of Jake the Snake Point in a room of, like, 30 people and say, this kid's going to make it. Wow. And I was, like, a very, like, gangly, skinny kid at the time. <laughs> you mentioned the injuries. What was the worst you had, and, and how long did it take to recover from that? Uh, I've had a few. I mean, I have ones that sound worse than they actually are. Like, I broke my neck one time. Sounds pretty bad. That sounds bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But I was like, it was like two fractures, uh, non-displaced. It means basically I just had to rest it and the bones healed. So that sounds worse than it actually was. I tore my bicep last November. That's hard. Yeah, I was NXT champion, which is like WWE's. Uh, I don't like to call them developmental because they're a brand in theirself. But it's like NXT's where you kind of, you know, hone your craft and then you move over to Raw or SmackDown. And I was a champion at the time. And in a title match, I tore my bicep straight off. So let me ask oh. you. So my brother had that happen. He's a police officer and he was, he was he was grabbing a guy and he said it was basically like pulling on a shade. It, it just rolled right up. Like like it, he, oh. he he felt it just go right up. Yeah, into mine his arm. didn't go so far up my arm, but yeah. I did feel it felt weird. It wasn't sore as I was in the yeah. match. The adrenaline was going. I just went, oh, that felt weird. And I said to the referee, Hey, ref, ref, he's a what? So, does this look normal? And he went, yeah, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like lying there like, damn it. How many months is that? And I'm doing the math in my head. Like, yeah. how, I mean, how quick can I get back? So you know? what happens? Did, did they just stop the match? It, it was at the finish. Okay. I say the only reason I lost the title was because he dropped me on my head and tore my bicep off or I never would have lost. <laughs> <laughs> See, you guys, are, you guys are so physical. It's, it's everything. It's performance and you're, 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 you're top-level athletes. I, I assume... I mean, when the doctor says you need to take some time, does that become excruciating to you? Or are you mentally able to say, okay, I need to take this time to prolong, to keep my career going? Or are you just, do you, yeah, do you tend to push I was extremely frustrated initially. Yeah. Um, I remember just being so angry at first. Yeah. But then once I had the chance, I had the surgery and chance to sit down and calm down. And my, my wife reminded me to think about how hard you've been going the past few years, especially yeah. the years outside of WWE when I was working to make my name. I was just nonstop. I had all these nagging injuries. She said, here's the opportunity to you know, get your head right, get your body right, do the DDPY, yeah. focus on becoming like a whole new animal when you come back. And I returned in the best shape of my life, feeling better physically than I had in years. It's good advice. I was ready to, to go when I returned on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Nice. So where's your career now? What uh, what's, uh, what is what is the next goal you want to uh, obtain? I mean, my goal is to be the man yeah. Yeah. around this place. I want to be... You know, WWE Universal Champion, or Vincent yeah. Mann said on television when I was 24, this guy is a future world champion, so I can't let him down. You know, I went to main event WrestleMania, and uh, yeah, I just want to do as much as I possibly can to make a difference in this industry. Let or me you- ask you, I'm sorry, Brother I, I was just going to ask, what what are the plans tonight? You, who are you taking on? Do you know what you're doing yet? I don't currently know okay. what I'm doing tonight, but I can tell you, you know, we had some big news last week. Uh, Roman Reigns returned and yes. informed everybody that he's in remission from his leukemia, which is incredible news. You know, he's somebody I respect you know, more than anybody in the company for his work ethic, and he really is. The crowd uh, went as good, nuts. Uh, they went, they went nuts. He's as good as he says he is. I'm excited to see him back. I was on the receiving end of one of his Superman punches and spears, <laughs> but I'm glad to have him back because yeah. when I came back, I pointed out and went, he's the man. He's the one I'm gunning for. So now that Roman's back, you know, I'm ready to get in the ring with him and give the fans a show because he is as good as everyone says he is, and I want to show the world how good I am. That's awesome. Nice. We Listen, we say this every time... One of of your your brothers in arms comes in here. How much fun this stuff is! Even if you're not that crazy into wrestling, I personally don't know a lot about all the characters and people that are on board. Doesn't matter. Every time I've gone, it's a show. <laughs> they keep it moving. The production team is amazing with the WWE, especially Monday Night Raw, since it's live on the air. But, I mean, there's not a second where there isn't something going on. Even in between matches, they keep you occupied. Yeah, grab the snootiest naysayer you know and yeah. bring them down to the event, uh, and they will turn around. Takes, just yeah. give it one chance. Yeah. There's a few familiar names there for them. You know, Ronda Rousey's there. It's all, last oh, week, awesome. the surprises left and right. We're on the road to WrestleMania. Dave Batista showed up last week. Oh, Drax oh. from Guardian of the yes. Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
he just showed up so, like big surprise attacked Ric Flair on his 70th birthday <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you don't know what's going to happen you have to be there live to experience it how's Ronda doing anyway She's doing killing well. it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like, yeah. when she first came in, everybody, like, initially was like, all right, she's here for a payday. You know, our UFC career's, uh, you know, finished now. Like, what's her deal? And then just being around her, her work ethic's incredible. She took to it like a duck to water. Like, an ice year, like, how hard she works. Yeah. The matches she's putting on, she's years ahead of where she should be in every possible way. Wow. And, That's... like, she's just an incredible person and performer. It's cool to see that level of respect kick in because I, I don't think she, you know, I, that'd be natural. You guys have been doing this forever. She comes in from a different angle. And, okay, you got to prove yourself. But it's clear everyone we've talked to says that she has. Yeah, and it takes years. And sometimes people will eventually, the light switch goes off and you get certain aspects of this job. It's not just what you do in the ring. There's so much more to it. Right. And she's picked up on the more important things. The moves aren't the important things. But <laughs> there's many nuances in the ring that she just naturally does. And she is just a superstar in every way. Cool. Good fit. Excellent. All right, Monday Night Raw at the Wells Fargo Center. Drew, it's great to meet you. Oh, thank you for Thanks having for me. Thanks for coming by. Continued success. And see him tonight, gang. Drew McIntyre. Thank you. And the WWE and the President of Steve Show. We are going to take a break. We will come back in just a moment or two. Uh, so stay there. We'll be right back. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. <laughs> Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Steven has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. <laughs> the most Swedish story I think I've ever read. All right. A road in western Sweden was covered in herring on Tuesday after an accident caused by an elk. <laughs> so a truck mm-hmm. was carrying herring. What the f- and forced to break to avoid hitting an elk, causing the vehicle's fishy cargo to spill all over the road. That's one crazy-ass story. Uh, between 10 and 20 barrels of herring fell out onto the road, most of them breaking open and covering the ground with the traditional Swedish delicacy. Oh, man. Uh, they said there's herring on a 100-meter stretch on the road, and there are herring fillets in the ditch, according to Robert Olison from the local emergency services. Uh, the road was closed while the team of six from the emergency services got to work removing the fish and clearing the road with the help of the truck driver. Elk and other wild animals cause thousands of road accidents in Sweden each year. Over 60,000 were reported last year alone. I believe it. Yeah. We saw reindeer all, and moose all over the place yes. when we were there. Yeah. A hotel has come under fire after its new, quote, communist theme chamber Features murals of Adolf Hitler and Nazi propaganda. So I don't know why it's the communist uh, theme. It should be the Nazi. It should be. Video footage. You have uh, Chairman Mao or something or Stalin. Yeah. Video footage takes you inside the room in the Villa Love Hotel, which is said to be extremely popular among swingers and randy groups looking for orgies. And and, and somewhat unaware of history. Uh, Two, yeah, two giant images of Hitler stand on either side of one bed. The most famous communist of them all. As a massive swastika (laughs) hides behind a TV. But strangely, above the bed, the communist hammer and sickle can be seen mounted on the wall. Uh, lighting up the whole room. They were enemies. And Sweden's own Mussolini. Uh, the <laughs> resort, located near Bangkok, Thailand, has sparked outrage, particularly among the Jewish community, for its lack of historical knowledge and sensitivity. <laughs> hey, we tried to make a theme room. Uh, how about this? <laughs> there are lots of places. It's acceptable to do pull-ups. 
but an airplane is not one of them. No. American Airlines Flight 2673 from Phoenix to Boston was forced to land in Kansas City after a passenger reportedly refused to stop doing pull-ups on an overhead compartment. (laughs) What the hell? A witness says the man who has not been named boarded the plane with two dogs and appeared to be drunk. After he began doing pull-ups, a flight attendant asked him to stop, and the man reportedly became verbally abusive. I'm feeling the burn. After being told to sit down multiple times, the man still wouldn't listen. I'm just going to do it on the wing. The plane pilots were forced to land in Kansas City. Law enforcement officers boarded the plane and escorted the passenger off, and the flight continued on to Boston as planned. The man was not charged. So I guess you'd be facing in towards the seats so that your legs were bent in the aisle, hanging off the... Somehow or another, finding something to grip onto and, and doing that. And he, he could find no place to put his exercise bike. By I mean, the way, do you notice a lot of these stories end with the line, the man was not charged in the incident? Yeah. yeah. There's the people go, they have these crazy, outrageous, drunk outbursts on plane, and they never get any real I don't legal get trouble. That. Yeah. They'll tase you if you try to bring four ounces of shampoo onto yes. a plane. I do follow, there's an Instagram follow that's kind of funny. It's called Passenger Shaming. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing what people will do and try to do on an airplane. I saw a picture yesterday of a guy who, uh, I guess he for his son was potty training. He had the kid taking a dump oh my in, God. The, in the middle of the aisle on a During potty. an yep, active flight. During an active flight. Yep, oh, there it there is. There you go. Okay. Incredible. One last story. Kathy saw this. We got a nice chuckle out of this. A couple of University of Utah football fans learned that their hard-earned cash, $1,060 of it, was destroyed in their shredder courtesy of their (laughs) two-year-olds. According to a Twitter user, he and his wife had been saving to pay up for University of uh, Utah football tickets in cash. As they pulled out their money, the cash was mysteriously gone. That mystery was solved. When they eventually found the envelope and the cash in the shredder, the Twitter community got involved with suggestions that the couple get out some tape. And another person stated that mutilated currency can be redeemed by the U.S. Bureau of Engraving and Printing. Uh, He joked that his son, tall for his age, is grounded from all fun. Uh, He also said there is a possibility the Treasury Department will recover some or all the destroyed money amid several calls for a GoFundMe page. So... Oh, my God. Thank God it worked out that way. I hope so, yeah. And there you go. That's what I have for you in the Bizarre File this morning. All right, we got to take a break. We're going to do that very thing. We'll come back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Thrice. Shine now. Everything that rocks. On 93.3 WNMR. Kath sent me this uh, listing for a uh, house in uh, Stone Harbor. Mm. And it's lovely. There's uh, big windows and uh, it's quaint. You know, it's a nice looking little home. And, uh, it's a very... Three bedrooms, vaulted ceilings, and a, a bright modern kitchen, and uh, it only costs $7.95 million. Oh, that's it? It's right on the beach? Right on the beach. Stone Harbor. And Jesus. But you have to see it. It's small. It's like a little cottage house. <laughs> and what you can't see in that picture, because I don't know if there's a colored printer anywhere in this building, but um, it's like <laughs> a very bright colored house. It's teal. Like, you would, it would catch your eye if uh-huh. you, you passed by it. It's very cutely decorated. Do you have a picture of it over there, President? But it's not a $7.9 million house that you would expect. What? Seven. That's $7.9 million? Yeah. No. That's... Five, All right. So to me, dollars. to explain it to you listening... It's, a, it's like a cottage. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't know what the square footage is because <laughs> the the rooms and, and everything looks nice. It's two story. You know, it's it's got a it's got an ocean view. It's 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 what I would call quaint. Uh, it looks adorable. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious what the not seven point nine million dollars adorable. So they this, actually don't list the square footage. This was uh, in phillymag.com. What's that? They actually don't list the square footage. <laughs> In most uh, listings, or this one in no, particular? No, no. In this okay. one in particular, it says that it's not known. Okay. But there's a reason that it's... Yeah, you want me to read the... Yeah, yeah. please. Here's the reason. Who okay. lived there? Who famous lived there? Nobody. The, the, it was built in the 50s, by the way. It was built in 1954, I think it was said here. Um, so it is, uh, it's the last house before the ocean, so it's right there on the ocean. It's located across 111th Street... Uh, from a bird sanctuary. Oh, okay, I know where this is. Yeah. Mm. That's where the million-dollar birds live. Uh, behind <laughs> which sits Villa Marie, the Immaculate Heart of Mary convent. Which will never mm. be developed. Okay. So that's part of the appeal. Yep. All right, so the, and the convent but is... But those nuns party all night long. <laughs> never shut up. The convent is set back 270 feet from the ocean end of the dunes, and the bird sanctuary in those dunes extends all the way from this point to uh, the nearby south end of the island. That means, so here's the deal, you get an unobstructed 270-degree view of the ocean, beach, and dunes. So there's yeah. no, it's an unobstructed nothing. view. Nothing. Yeah, you just see nothing Except but for the ocean. occasional nuns on uh, playing volleyball. Yeah, yeah. You, see, you see ocean and sand, and uh, not even power lines intrude on it, and you enjoy a beach that almost feels private thanks to the absence of lots of neighbors. All right. $7,950,000 is what this is going on. All right, so so we're looking at a picture of it from the back facing the ocean. It does have a quite a glorious view. To the right, Preston, is the bird sanctuary. Is that where that begins? Yeah. I think yeah. so, yeah. All right, and then behind it is the convent right there with the swimming pool and the ATVs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Stone Arbor really is some of the prices real estate along the Jersey Shore, so I... I, I it's a high figure, but I'm not surprised by it. And, and it's location, location, location. But look at it. It's, it's location, like, exactly. Like, it's just a cottage. It is not this yeah. big mansion that you would think would be $7.9 million. Yeah, but it's beachfront property. So, <sighs> so you're going to buy that and then tear it down and put up a nicer house. Are you? I, For I mean, seven well, if you got that, kind of, yeah, you got that kind of money, then you can sink another five hundred thousand dollars into. Yeah, but I because you, the, the footprint's not that big, so, so the house can't be. Whatever you put there is not going to be that. Well, big. that's what I mean. So I wonder what the property's like. If they are going to tear it down, they're not going to be able to put some big monstrosity. Uh, so what, you, what you're basically buying is the protection from development. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, for the most part, which My, at the Jersey Shore is a big thing. Yeah, oh, because there was the story. I think it was last year about people who had purchased. So the year before, you guys are more tuned to what's going on down at the shore, but they they had purchased what they what was was a view of the ocean, and then there was a whole series of houses going in between them oh, and the that ocean. That happens all, all the, the time. time. People lose their views all of the time. People will argue with their neighbors. They'll go to the town right. meetings and try to stop them from putting oh, decks or that, steps right? or whatever just to save their view. Right. Uh, yeah, and zoning and reconstruction and renovations at the beach uh, at the Jersey Shore are, are really restricted. Uh, Casey, I don't know if you and I were talking about it, or maybe you and me, Kathy, but um, there are homes where they will not 
knock them down completely. They will build around, and basically they'll build a brand new home, a newly renovated home, around the existing home so that they can get around some of the zoning rules. Yeah, the grandfather laws and stuff like yeah. that. Like, there's certain... So they're building a house around a house? Yeah. yeah and, so and Steve, like... They will gut everything on the inside. They'll, they'll knock it down to the foundation, yeah. but they'll keep that quote-unquote footprint and build a new home around it instead of... So they don't have to... Ah, well, wow. Nick, so what my friends did was they didn't even gut the inside of that house. I mean, they updated it, but they literally left the exact house right there yeah. and they built around it and up. But and that up. house stayed. So so that original house, what they had uh, stayed as it was and then they built an entire giant house around it. Mm. Got a text says, I'm an architect in Stone Harbor slash Avalon. We've done over 100 homes down there. Average price is around 2 to $4 million for an inland home. Yeah. Inland Dear home. God. That means inland. Yeah. I don't go to the shore too much. Um... Uh, the restaurant that we've gone to a couple of times, Reed's. Marissa. Yeah, is that in Stone Harbor? That's in Stone yeah. Harbor. Yeah. yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, what? Yeah. And that's where they have the the jet uh, shoes that you can uh, fly in the air. Like Stone Harbor. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right by the Reed's. Oh, I didn't know that you could actually do that here. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's where like with you know, a grand from Tony Stark. That's why I want to buy that area in Wildwood Crest. It's a little wave runner area, and then the, you could put the little thing there. Yeah, you, you know. Guys have, that's gonna borrow three million dollars. <laughs> have you guys ever been? Have you ever been down to Malibu proper in 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 uh, I have. California? Yeah. When, I, when I did the Franklin and Bash uh, thingy, uh, we had a party uh, beachfront at at this house in in Malibu. It right, was so awesome. As you, as you go down streets, you can hardly even tell their home. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, you don't even know. They hide them. And well. then across like hedges mm-hmm. are these again, and there are places. There was one that I just saw. Some celebrity just sold it, six seven million dollars. Half the size of the house we just looked at here, mm-hmm. like nothing, mm-hmm. but it's right there. But at and least all you have in front of you is the Pacific Ocean. But you also have the weather that kind of you, you can use that year round. That the Jersey Shore. Now I've been down there for um, the the winter more than ever before. So I was down there right after Thanksgiving, right You've around Christmas. Into ice fishing, just to explain to people. But there's not a whole lot you can do down there, you know, for for the most part, you know, a lot of things just kind of shut down and it's just it's depressing a little bit, a, a little bit. But it's also like if you can appreciate it for what it is, you know, it, you if know, you want to go and about, slow down for a while, yeah. though, that's a pretty good place to go. Mm-hmm. How about taking the time to write your novel? Yeah, you yeah. Could do, you could do that. As I well. I love the beach in the winter. I, I on, a, on a contemplative sort of just relaxing Zen thing. Mm-hmm. I I think it's phenomenal. I would probably be down there a lot if I had a place down there. Um, I don't like the overcrowded nature of the summer. You know, Casey, and, how much was the your cousin's house that I that I went and, and oh, squatted at that one night? And that's that's on the beach in the villas. That's oh. my uncle's house, and it's like a million and a half. That's it. Yeah. Dude, this house is huge mm-hmm. on the beach, right on the beach, which felt like a private beach. Why would this be so much more expensive than that? Well, well that's, your, why, that's the difference between Wildwood and... No, this is the, the Villas. Press the, the Villas. villas. And, so and the we're villas talking on the bay. Probably a six, 7,000 square foot home. It's maybe a bigger. huge home. Here's the Did difference. You get a synagogue behind it, <laughs> alpaca reserve to the right <laughs> nah. of it. Wait, what's They're the... I don't docile. know what the Villas. So the what's Villas, it goes up the bay, up the Delaware Bay. Um, so it's not actually, it's not the ocean right there. So and there's no fact, surf. And you're facing west, and you get to see the sun set over the water. You get a pretty cool, man. unobstructed sunset every single night, and it's it's quieter. But like, it's north of Cape May. It's north of Cape May, and mm-hmm. you don't really nice. swim in the bay. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, but you're right, Kathy. It's the difference between Stone Harbor and Bayside, and I, I don't know why exactly that real estate is worth so much more in Stone Harbor, but it is. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, why? 
why is Stone Harbor that expensive? Here, I got a realtor on the line. Yes. Uh, who wants to explain it? Lionel, good morning. Good morning. I'm sorry you're bothering me at work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for turning that around. What's up, man? Um, it's That that house is a teardown. Yeah. It was built in the 50s. It's not hurricane compliant. It's probably not raised. I mean, there's... there's it's not. You know, it, it, there's, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of reasons why 10 minutes after settlement... The bulldozer's there, and that thing's gone. Right. It's location, and you know Stone Harbor, plus the, uh, the you know the the, the lack of uh, neighbors' ability to you know build near it and buy it, and uh, and it's ocean. They ain't making no more ocean products. Hey, by the way, Lionel, to answer Kathy's question, why Stone Harbor? Why is that so desirable? Um, it's just uh, it, it's it's one of the, the the more desirable of the. Philadelphia suburb destination. So what makes what, 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 what makes it that? What it just it, 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 does it have to do with who got there first? I'll so you had some well money people get it, there. Well, it's like a Louis Vuitton it, purse. Like it's just it, the name. Now. It just yeah. Is. Let, let's just say it ain't Wildwood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you. You're it, saying that after the house, after they sell this house, bulldozers are going to come in and level it. It, before the sun goes down on settlement day, they'll be tearing it. They'll be tearing that sucker down. Because right. if you can afford, you can afford that price. You can afford to build a designer home. Something on that else. Yeah, and yeah. and if you're going to put a designer home on that, I mean, because the footprint's not that big. How much are you going to spend on that? Less than a million. Um, for build, um, uh, you know, it's probably two hundred two hundred fifty dollars a square foot to to build. So, okay. you know. Uh, so um, if you do something like if you do like two square feet, it's only yeah. like five hundred bucks. All right, so, but uh, just to sort of put this into perspective, there there is a new home that's being built in Wildwood Crest on the bay. It is gigantic. I mean, it is uh, like four thousand square feet. I mean, it looking at that yeah. um, cottage, it's like four of those. Right. It's four of those, and okay. it's like, I don't know, like $2 million or something. I mean, listen, $2 million is obviously a lot of money, but it's right on the bay. In comparison. The, in well, comparison, I'm sure Lionel yeah. will agree, too. In this case, it's location, location, location. Mm-hmm. As Nick pointed out, you're, you're, you're blocked from having development go up around you. Yep. All right. That's the, you know, the privacy <clears throat> factor and, and uh, you know, bragging rights. Yeah, all, right. all Thanks, the birds Lionel. you can pet. Appreciate it, my man. I don't want to make this uh, story about myself, but uh, just a fun fact about this story. I uh, had the worst choke of my life when it came to being on a date in that bird sanctuary. Really? And this, this is a girl. That Did I had a bird fly down your throat? No, 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 no. I had a huge crush on her. This was in high school, and Steve, I just blew it 100%. It was awful. What'd you do? Uh, this girl named Megan, she was really <laughs> hot, and for whatever reason, she was into me. We went on a date in the bird sanctuary. Like I thought that that would be... Yeah. Romantic. Romantic down the shore. I pack some string cheese and Kool Aid. (laughs) (laughs) How old were you? Uh, 17 or 18. Totally liked this girl. I knew her my whole life. Nice move going to the sanctuary. Thank you. And uh, we get back, and I'm driving, get in the car, and take her back to the house. And we're waiting for some people. We were going to go out with some more friends afterwards. And and I was like, well, what do you want to, yeah, what do you want to do while we wait? And uh, she goes, well, we could just sit here and make out. And I was like, And then I turned on the radio. And I, I blew it to this day. I'm so mad at you right now. I am mad at me, too. I would be angry at myself for the rest of my life. The rest of my life. I don't understand. 
what this happened? guy's a gay bird lover. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt. Yeah. That's how I still feel. He wants to become a nun. Yeah. Uh, Man, uh, I've had those moments too. Oh, it was awful. I, well, not to go on. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm sorry. We're I done had, talking about I that. One where there was a, a, it was in fact it's my time at Dunkin' Donuts. Now you know we run on Dunkin'. <laughs> yeah, we do. But it also brings some bad memories because there was a girl who was so completely into me, and I was completely into her. And at that point, basically, she said, "My parents are come over to my house." You know. It, it was as as overt as you could get. I will I will hump your brains out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same sort of reaction. What is, that? What, what is that reaction? Is it embarrassment or inability to seal the deal? It throw because you have you spent so much time planning out this precise progression. You think you're going to need to institute to get to that point. Yeah, that when it's slapped in your face, it it throws it throws you off so dramatically that you're I, I had no. And I'm good. I mean, I'm, I've always been good with, with talking to women. It's never been an issue. But I, at that point, I was like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you don't know how to handle that. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was on a... <laughs> we all have these. Yes. Yeah. They haunt us forever. Uh-huh. I was on a, a band trip in, in high school. So we we were traveling to we went to Nashville for a, for a band room. It was orchestra. It was orchestra, yes, because because Darcy was in orchestra. Anyway. <laughs> And I found somebody, she told somebody, a friend of mine, this girl, Darcy Arnold, she's like, hey, they're, they're, tell them, Preston, I like him. Hey, dude, Darcy Arnold likes you. Wow, really? She's really, really cute, too. Yeah. And I just balked. I didn't do anything. I did nothing. And on the, the bus ride home, <laughs> she was in the back making out with somebody else. Oh. Could have been me. Man. This girl. This girl, by the way, was going off on a date that was supposed to make me jealous and then said, I don't have to go. Like you know, <gasps> but he'll but he'll be upset. <laughs> oh, right. I I just I just horrible horrible I, handling. I think that's it, Steve. Ah. I think she she preempted my uh, move in my head at seventeen or eighteen, which was going to come an hour or two later. And I, I did not expect it at that particular time. You had it all planned yeah. out. All right, so I'm going to hand her some bird feed. Yeah. Our hands will touch. <laughs> we we have just these, sit here and make out. These yeah. stories of uh, that, that one time where the girl was slumming it. Kathy, tell us the time that you were slumming it. <laughs> that, you gave, that you gave that guy that didn't have a chance a chance. Uh, I always had a boyfriend. Yeah. And they were always, uh, they were always worthy. I mean, yeah, I, do, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sure, I'll come to Juniata Park. All right, anyhow. Um, well, if you got a house like this, chances are you can get some. That's How about right. that? Is that a way to wrap it up? That's good. Or you have a place to go cry. Yeah, maybe. So uh, $7.95 million is how much this Oceanside Cottage in Stone Harbor will run you. I saw another story, and these guys could afford this home. I thought this was pretty great. Casey, you have asked before. I think it was you that's asked before. When the lottery gets up to, you know, three, $400 million, why not just go and purchase every single combination of numbers? Which, by the way, it's it's millions. It, yes. it, would take a, it would take you millions of dollars in order to get that many. And then uh, try to sift through and find a winning ticket if you have one. Well, there's this retired couple that won $26 million what? by using arithmetic to beat the game's odds. So I, it's, it's a, a bit of a lengthy story, but it's worthwhile. I really loved reading this. Jerry and Marge Selby owned a convenience store in uh, Evart, Michigan, before they retired. 
And they got retired, and they got rich by winning multiple state lottery games over the next six years. So they owned a convenience store at which they sold the lottery tickets? No, it doesn't indicate okay. that. So the scheme began in 2003 when Jerry, who graduated college with a degree in mathematics, saw a brochure for a new lottery. It was called Windfall and realized right away how to beat it. The game featured uh, what they call a roll-down effect, which meant that if no one won the $5 million jackpot, the money would be spread across those who matched either five, four, or three numbers instead of all six. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. So lottery officials announced when this happened, so Jerry would buy thousands of tickets. So just to clarify. Knowing that he would get a certain amount of matches. To clarify, in most cases, that that pot usually rolls over to the next round. Yes. It doesn't then just get broken down to subcategories of of numbers. Correct. This is a $5 million jackpot that would be spread out across those who match either five, four, three, or numbers. So... Uh, he he would buy a certain amount. He would he would buy thousands of tickets and get a certain amount of matches. So simply put, Jerry explained it that if if he bought eleven hundred dollars worth of tickets, he would have at least one four number winner, which would pay him a thousand dollars. He would also get at around eighteen or nineteen three number winners, which paid fifty dollars a piece, and that would total nineteen hundred dollars. So he bought eleven hundred dollars worth of tickets. And he would win nineteen hundred. So there's, uh, there's a profit, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So when he tried his plan for the first time, he bought thirty six hundred dollars <laughs> worth of windfall tickets, and he won back sixty three hundred dollars profit, right? Right, there. right, three thousand right. dollar profit, right there. So the Selbys would eventually buy hundreds of thousands of dollars in tickets when a rollback week was announced, earning them massive profits. Great so, question. Yes. Where are they buying these tickets? At uh, how, how many locations? And what did no one say? Well, what's going on here? Uh, let me let All me right. continue. They don't explain where they bought the tickets, right. but the next time he bought eight thousand dollars in tickets and nearly doubled his investment. So yes, to- eight thousand tickets, please. Yeah. So he told his wife about the winnings, and the couple began playing with hundreds of thousands of dollars. Eventually. Jerry set up an entire corporation wow. called GS Whoa. Investment Strategies and invited friends and families to buy shares for $500 each. Okay, and the reason he had all the, uh, a corporation, I'll explain. So the windfall game later closed down in Michigan for lack of sales, so the couple began playing in Massachusetts where the game was still being offered. Oh, my gosh. GS Investment Strategies grew to 25 members, and for the next six years, they won massive amounts of money during the announced roll-down weeks. So the Selby said that they would sit in a hotel and sort through tickets for 10 hours a day, 10 days in a row, playing more than $600,000 per attempt. So each time this would happen, they would buy $600,000 worth of tickets, and then they would spend weeks sifting through these numbers to find the winners. Forgive me. I know so you're trying to, to parse out the information. So they're, 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 go, they're sifting through. They're looking at each number each and every for winners. One. Yes. I would, that, that would drive me crazy. Yeah. And that's it wouldn't why be worth people it. don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Okay, but these guys did. They did this seven times a year, and uh, they uh, apparently... They said it was just basic arithmetic. It gave you the satisfaction of being successful at something that was worthwhile, he said, to not only us personally, but to our friends and our family. The only thing I found really remarkable is nobody else really seemed to grasp it, he said. 
in 2011, the Boston Globe got a tip that someone may be scamming the cash windfall game. Not a scam. And later found that the Selbys and a group of math majors from uh, from MIT were actually monopolizing on the, win- the winnings. There was another group at MIT that was wow. doing it. Wow. Uh, Jerry kept all the losing lottery tickets, which totaled near $18 million, and filled 65 plastic buckets. More than $17 million was bet by the MIT group, earning over $3.5 million in profits. Uh, before the Massachusetts State Treasurer shut down the game and began an investigation, which found... That the chances of winning were not affected by the high volume betting. Therefore, the Selbys did not commit a crime. It was totally, completely legal. Legitimate. Wow. See, what I would do is I would buy ten lottery tickets and end up owing twenty six million dollars. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so the corporate, uh, the corporation earned twenty six million dollars, which included an eight million dollar profit by the time that they were done. So they made themselves, after all of these efforts, eight million dollars. Yep. So, I, so with man hours equated out. Mm-hmm. That's still pretty good. They they only did it seven times a year. Seven times a year for, for, for ten days. Ten days. Working ten hours a day. That's pretty solid. That's pretty great. I, now, I wonder if, um, because, like, filling these sheets out all the time, right. if they just had, all right, you fill these sheets out one time, and now we have these sheets, you know, to stick into the lottery machine. You keep machine. using them. I got I you, know. yeah. Uh, they said I'm, they, I'm sure they refine their methodology. Uh, they use the money to renovate their home and pay for the education of their six children, 14 grandchildren, and 10 great-grandchildren. Uh, they recently sold their incredibly story to movie producers who plan to make a movie about it. And they donated a lot to this GoFundMe campaign in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, this homeless guy. Yeah. Good investment. Oh, he, did he get gas for... Yeah, it was yeah, an incredible bucks. story, yeah. and they gave him half a million dollars. I thought that was pretty amazing, that they, they managed to do it, that they actually... Went through with it and to turn it into a corporation. There's the difference. I would never do that. I don't even just play the regular lottery, you know, for just one or two tickets. So the the notion of of this commitment is amazing. They deserve it. They, you know, their their, their winnings. But I'd I'd kill myself. It seems like a lot of work. I think I'd rather just go to work. I'd rather be one of those people that clips coupons, you know. uh, (laughs) Uh, That's a lot of work. (laughs) Apparently CBS Sunday Morning had uh, had this couple on, or maybe it was 60 Minutes, and they they did a special on them. But but that's only working every other month for 10 days. And you can make millions of dollars. Did you guys ever see that movie Twenty One? I think that's what it was called with yeah. Kevin Spacey. Yeah, and, uh-huh. and they 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 game the system, and I, I think it was maybe MIT students or it some was. Version. In fact, yeah. it was Card MIT counting, students, which yeah. is illegal. Is it illegal? Yes, or is it yeah. just yeah. frowned upon? It was illegal. Okay, but he but they were they did it in, obviously as they're they're super smart. They did it in an ingenious way. Do you remember what happened to them, Casey? You remember how it ended off? I, I don't. It was based on a true story. I remember he was accused of uh, of uh, molesting people. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a real person. person. Yeah. Uh, but no, they they would go to these casinos in Vegas, and they found ways to make it work, and made a lot of money doing it. So, is it, has it ever been explained why counting cards? If you're sitting there playing at the, it's just the discretion of the casino to set the rules, and that's that, right? Because I have you're, you no are, idea. You are simply playing the game if you're doing that. That's what I always thought. I I I don't understand why it's considered bad cricket or illegal or whatever it may be. Because why then can you say the gathering data on horses running in a race and setting up like a flow chart and coming to conclusions about who will win a race is that illegal? Because or doing your research. Doing well, your, you're basically doing your research. Yeah. And you're, you're just doing it on the fly in the moment. Yeah. I, I don't know why they, why they don't like it, but that is the case. Um, how about I had another story. Please. 
It's kind of junk drawers, really. That we're Ooh, doing. Oh, well, are we back in the yesterday, or, 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 or did I notice? We're noticing, yeah, we're noticing. <laughs> we just did the junk drawer, and so he's back. Uh, Marissa sent me this story. Uh, you guys remember the uh, New York City pizza rat? Oh, yes. There's a video of a rat dragging around a pizza. It was pretty funny. Uh, it was. There, there were a couple other rats along the way too, right? Yeah, there was a ba- there was like a bagel squirrel or something <laughs> like that. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, now Philadelphia has the pretzel rat. Yeah! Oh, oh my God! We have Ladies and gentlemen, Pennsylvania now has the pretzel rat. Which is apropos for the city. Yeah. I mean, pretzels, you know. Thanks so, for keeping up the spirit. Uh, a Reddit user spotted the rodent's cousin scavenging the tracks uh, of inside the 13th. It says 13th Street Station of SEPTA's Market Frankfurt line. And uh, I used to be a rolling stone. And recorded yeah. video of the uh, determined little pest dragging not one but two soft pretzels still stuck together. <laughs> Uh, and it's unclear if the pretzel rat later abandoned his prized possession as Pizza Rat had after he got enjoying, got through enjoying the bountiful. Do you know, growing up in New York, um, never saw pretzels like this. You know, this kind of configuration for pretzels. Mm-hmm. It was not not common. Now, you know, it's it's yeah. so common down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was always the big standard, old style. But looking at looking Bavarian at, pretzel. Looking at this uh, video of the rat dragging the pretzel around, the pretzels are the size of the rat. Imagine what that would equate to in human. Human food. What would you be dragging around a pretzel food wise that would be the size of you? A human size. I mean, it would be no. It would be like uh, it'd be like a side of beef, right? You know, something like that. Like two sides of beef, almost. Yeah. 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 Right. So if you take. No, right. So, uh, yeah. so uh, like when, when Rocky's pounding away on a side, yeah, of, yeah that, about a side of beef. That'd be that's that is what <laughs> this rat I'm just very came. Hungry. That's what this rat just came across. A Rocky rat. Yeah, <laughs> you're not supposed to eat that rock, dude. When you saw a video of a rat punching, a p- <laughs> punching pretzels, <laughs> soft pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> By the um, way, does that, is that bad for the meat when he does that? Did uh, or is that better? Well, you remember Paulie complains because you're you're splintering the uh, the bones, He's breaking the ribs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I have no idea what you just said. I don't know. You said anything? <laughs> they just say anything. I would think that that would that would ruin the meat. Okay. Casey. I mean, you can tenderize beef, obviously, but not for all cuts of meat. So I would imagine that uh, that yeah, beating up uh, the uh, uh, the meat like that would not be good for it. Well, just to clarify, we started with pudding, <laughs> <laughs> but it was too easy. <laughs> oh my god! Um, wow. Yeah. It, it, the, the the ability of you know. Of size ratio. Yeah. And <laughs> what they can drag around. Unbelievable. That's pretty cool. We all need rats. If the animals can do it, why can't we? Right? So we, ne- we now have pretzel wrap. Uh, I noticed something that will speak Ooh, to Mr. Morrison. Not- oh. That will speak to you, really? narrator. <laughs> the notice just giving something to Steve, who's me. I'm in some bizarre loop right now. Bald men are often seen as more successful and dominant than men with lush locks. Now. According to a study from 2012. Mm-hmm. I sent this over to you with the a little a subject line saying, I am obviously disproving this theory every day. <laughs> uh, but uh, that, it was an interesting thing. Uh, I always wonder if the people who conduct these studies are themselves bald. Well, no. Or is it because they're a little more intimidating looking? 
Uh, the research says that women tend to find hairless men to be larger, stronger, and more powerful. There you go. There it is, right? Uh, the research was conducted by scientist Albert E. Manes from the University of Pennsylvania. I've conducted the sciences, <laughs> and it's my conclusion that bald men are actually erotic and exciting. And he is bald. There you go. Uh, Look the, at Moby. There's your virile man. The study, which compiled information from 59 subjects, showed the participants multiple photos of men. Uh, the first photo featured a man with a full head of hair, and the second one showed that same man with no hair. Uh. Most participants reported that they found the bald men to be more attractive overall. I have to say, I years ago when I adopted the bald thing... Best decision I ever made. Yeah, and I just. I, I, yeah. I mean, I had. I had by that time I was rocking sort of a uh, a Bruce Willis diehard anyway. Yeah, and then I, I took it down to like a crew, and then like a you know. And even that look, I don't mind. I mean, no. if you're uh, doing that and not you know attempting a comb over, or, you know, yeah. trying to you know pull one over on us, I think that look <laughs> is totally fine. Man, Kathy showed me a photo of uh, somebody that she knows that was or is wearing a toupee. Uh, recently, and it just, it looks awful. Just awful. Show yeah, us the picture, I Kathy. I know. Are you allowed it's to? really bad. Okay. Yeah. Just... Uh, by the way, Steve, if you were to grow your hair back, would you be slightly bald up here, receding? Bruce Willis, Die Hard with a Vengeance. I don't write I hated that movie. <laughs> um, Give us something else. Uh, so, um, well, I would have, uh, it would come out to like... Um, up there, midway. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I'd, I'd have a little bit. It'd be so res- you made the good decision. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was. I was like, I was salt and pepper hair in high school, mm-hmm. so I was a little bit of grays going on then. Oh, I see it, Steve. So like oh. this, oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, you. That's, that's what I'd be. That's just uh, no offense. Yeah, stupid looking hair. Yeah, I'm glad you went bald. Oh, okay. No, that guy needs to be bald. Oh my god, that guy needs to be. Is bald. that somebody you know? Yeah. Okay. Is uh is Sam Jackson bald now too? I forget. Yes, he, he is. Right. Yeah. 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 He, he and Bruce Willis have the same hairstyle in uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. <laughs> mm. So uh, apparently, uh, here we go. Uh, baldness makes an immediate and obvious statement about a guy. I'm bald. Uh, <laughs> Seth. Godin, a bald man, said, I'm not saying that shaving your head makes you successful, but it starts the conversation that you've done something active. He's a tech entrepreneur, by the way. Uh, well, Jeff Bezos. He's uh, he's bald, right? Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, they, they come across as smarter, too. Bald men are typically older and tend to be seen by women as more intelligent and wiser according to a separate study conducted at I'm the, smart, successful, and bald. At the University of Saarland. See, I always thought, like, way back in the day, I thought it looked weird. Not not on black men, but on white men. I thought it I thought it looked weird. I, I go back it to, did. like, Daddy Warbucks, and, and yeah. he looked it weird. Looked well, odd. like, Great. it was very, there were few and far between. Years and years and years ago, there was an actor, Yul Brenner, who was a, a bit of a sex symbol, the king and I. The king but and he I. was one of the only ones that could pull it off. He could rock it. He, he was a macho man. He was in The Magnificent Seven, and he was just, you know... Telly Westworld. S- Telly Savalas, another great actor, but he stood out. It looked odd that he had a bald head, but he was considered a sexy. Who loves you, baby? Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's one catch, though. Bald spots don't apply to this. Men only seem more attractive, intelligent, and successful if they are completely, completely. hairless and bald. Have you, always, have, you, have you always in, uh, liked the bald look on guys? Uh. Was 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 Dennis bald when you first started dating him? Yeah, he was bald, but my boyfriends before that were not. Like Fabio? <laughs> uh, right, exactly. He had a lot of hair. Uh, yeah, so I don't know, but I, I 
completely see this, how they could, you know, just kind of seem a little more intimidating and, mm-hmm. and not the bald patch because that's just like, all right, right come I mean, on, I don't shave know your what head. To do. <laughs> I mean, the science, yeah, yeah. whereas I say, I'm shaving my head, yeah. bitch. <laughs> exactly. I would too. If I if I had thinning hair, I would absolutely, I would take it all off. But I have a wonderful lush head of hair. <laughs> you do. Oh my God, it's like, he's like Liberace. <laughs> it's why you're not as successful though as Steve. I know. <laughs> but I, I can't bring we myself We have achieved up. exactly the same level of success. <laughs> We have identical contracts. It's, on, it's yeah. in the contract. Yeah. Uh, so that shoots that theory down. No, but he gets to keep his hair. But, but if I if I had thinning or, or balding hair, I would definitely take it all off. Um, you listen. Uh, it was it was weird when I. It's so it's so funny. You talk about like like blowing that thing in the uh, in the with the the girl in the uh, bird sanctuary. These things that you do in life, where I'm like. Uh, I bought a, my hair was a super crew cut. Yeah. yeah. Super crew cut. And I bought a bald wig to see how I would look. (laughs) I I mean, it was, it was right there anyway. And I'm so stupid. I'm like, (laughs) I want to see how, as if something different would happen. But you know, you, you convince yourself of these things. I'm going to, it's not like I was going from Bon Jovi to, to bald. I was, you know, like a number one setting on the uh, electric razor. Right. Right, but you you know these are the things you think about. Um, so yeah, they they find that uh, men who have bald spots or pattern baldness tended to be seen as weaker and less attractive. So you take the same guy and you just let's say you take a completely bald guy and if you put on like a male pattern baldness wig on him, he would automatically turn to weaker and less attractive. So I'll tell you something. Wow. And let me ask you. So when I when I did start shaving my head, I I think uh, there was more interest in me a little bit. And also, Preston, did you notice that when you got married, there was more interest? Like you would more people. You more, ended up on the radar of women a little bit more. I don't know. Um, that's hard to say. I can't. I, I don't think so. Yeah, I think I don't. I, I know. I've, I you know, know that that does yeah. happen, but I, I don't. Me for personal experience, I and I would always say, I got married. Yeah, because I like this woman a lot. Mm-hmm. Steve, when you mentioned Bon Jovi, he still has a good head of hair. Although yeah. he's uh, fairly gray at this point, but you know, I've noticed over the last two or three years, uh, maybe a little longer, that. Uh, Eddie Vedder is starting to lose his is hair he? a little bit, and Eddie's always had long hair. But if you look at him now, he's got a little bit of a bald patch going uh, in the back. Just, it's go. just thinning, and it's weird well, to see rock stars, especially ones that had long hair, start to lose it a little bit. By the way, the best ever toupee moment in a in a movie has to be Tommy Boy. <laughs> oh my oh, god! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> you tell no one, and I will kill you. <laughs> tell anyone, and I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> David Spade. Uh, All right, anyhow, uh, these are just a couple things I noticed. I figured I'd pass them along to you. We do have to just notice things. Yeah, we do. Have Steve to... really liked that last story. <laughs> we do have to take a break. We'll come back in a second. Here we go. Here comes the MM Army. What's going on? Friday from five thirty to seven thirty. Brent Porch hosts Friday Night Live at Dilworth Park. Enjoy live music from Soraya, and Vodka Cocktails, and Landshark Lagers. For more information, visit DilworthPark.org. 
Join Marcus Friday from 6 to 8 for First Friday at the corner of Bridge and Main Street in Phoenixville. Enjoy craft breweries and distilleries, exciting restaurants, and live music from Whiskey Hicken Boys. Check out the 2019 Subaru Outback from Piazza Subaru of Limerick. Shop 24-7 at PiazzaSubaru.com. Complete details at PhoenixvilleFirst.com. 93.3 WMMR. Everything and everywhere that rocks. I saw this on, I think I got this on BuzzFeed. Um, 17 words of wisdom that every high school graduate should hear. It was on a Reddit uh, post that was, what is something that you wish you knew when you were 18 years old? The life advice that people have been dishing out is 100%. So, well, this is very relevant now because with uh, tomorrow, you know, school wrapping up here, yeah, yeah. Let, let's impart these words of wisdom. Yeah, so uh, here's some things that uh, that people recommended uh, that they wish they would have known when they were Mary 18. Mary Mila so. Kunis. Yeah, if you can do that... <laughs> Probably good. No, here's one uh, that says, uh, and some of them are practical and others are more lifestyle and, and uh, mental and so on. But so here's Hair a pra- care. Well, here's a practical one. Don't F up your credit. All right. So oh. this is, uh, somebody said that S is difficult to fix and it lasts a very long time. Yeah. I've, I've told you guys this before, but my friend Brian Walsh, uh, he would get credit card um, statements in the mail and literally just throw them away. Yeah. And it, was, it his, his credit was messed up for years and years as a result. That's well, why you had at and college campuses were always there'd be the uh, table set up yeah. and they'd be there'd be these predatory credit card companies in that, you know, sign up, sign up, Offered sign up. you free gifts. And oh, stuff yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. Well, and you have to be careful with that, too, because once you open that, a lot of people um, will forget about it. They You actually applied for it and you now have this card, even if you're not like Nick's friend and not using it, you still have the card. Yeah, and, you know it kind of it can affect you. It can. All right, here are some other uh, pieces of uh, of advice. Uh, making mistakes is okay. Life is about learning. It's about getting up. That's right, too. <laughs> Words of wisdom. Not how heavy your debt or interest is. It's about <laughs> if you divest and invest. Financial advisor John Rambo. Make sure you're a limited liability company. <laughs> Are you through? Black Casey. No, we we had an intern and she was awesome, like one of the best interns we ever had. But she was so afraid of making a mistake that she just asked too many questions. And I had to pull her aside and I said, "Listen, you need to mm. you need to be okay with like uh, you know perhaps making a mistake and, and then you can learn from it. But uh, you know we can't hold your hand through this whole process. Like just you know." Choose to do something. That's good advice. And, and stick with it. And yeah. if you make a mistake, then then learn from that. But like, now you show know. me wax the floor. Now show me wax. <laughs> now show me paint the fence. But right. She works in 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 the industry now. So there you okay. go. Here's one that says, uh, "Don't feel so desperate to get your life started." Uh, so as an example, they said, "I washed out of everything: college, the Marines, and a union factory job because all I thought about was how to be an adult." In quotations. Yeah. Uh, when I got a job that was part-time and low-paying, I finally excelled to a point where I became a manager and started actually building experience that led me to a real career. I so. agree with this wholeheartedly because I think <gasps> a lot of people place this heavy onus on themselves to, listen, You there are things you have to do to start moving along. Yep. But I, I think I always see kids blanch, you know, when you... Uh, what are you going to do for the next 50 years? I know. It's I like, know. don't worry. You're yeah. going to change your mind many times. Go experience things. Know that you're going to change your mind. Know that there's going to be things that are going to affect you where you're going to say, hey, maybe this is something I really want to get involved with. Yeah. My my brother 
went to school for to become an English teacher, went into the army, became Secret Service, and then a, 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 an agent for the Justice Department. Yeah. It's, it's all you know. It's it, that's how it goes. My friends have uh, have three kids, and and one of them had just graduated from college. She was very determined. One of those go getters knows exactly what she wants to do: work, 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 work. Get everything, do as much as you can. And she's got a really big gig that she's going straight out of college right into. Great, yeah. awesome. Other sibling though. Kind of went off and found his way, you know what I mean? Worked yeah. a few different types of jobs, and now is doing great himself as well. So it depends on who you are. To that point, a sage bit of advice is make sure that when you do it, it's something you love doing. Oh my God. Because while the, the money might not be there at the beginning, if you really love it, you will do it well. You, chances are you'll do it well because you'll excel at it. You'll invest the time. And it. eventually the reward will be there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You mentioned money. That was it for me. I wanted to start making money. So like I started my career right out of college as soon as I could, as soon as I could get a job because yeah. that's what it was. It was, okay, now it's time to start making money. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I knew that there were more jobs beyond the ones described in the game of life when I was playing. <laughs> right. so I thought there was like doctor, <laughs> lawyer, teacher, and, and you know, and like these these preset jobs. I didn't have any idea that, for example, a radio producer could be a job out there. You know, so I, I think if there's one bit of advice that I could pass along is just keep your options open because there are so many options as to what actual jobs exist out there. You never know. And on a side note, did you hear that question on? Do you know how old the game of life is? No, it goes back. I, I, I do a quick check okay. because it was a Jeopardy question. The game of life once included suicide as an option. What? Oh my no God. way! Yes, yes. Stop it. So, so uh, yeah. Check on the origins. Oh the game has been around God. forever. Oh my God! Yeah, I was, you know, I'll just kill myself. Oh my God! You're right. Steve. I'm checking yeah. it. 1860. Great. 1860. By the game. original by the person Milton Bradley. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> and was and am I correct? Suicide was an option. I'll look that part up next. Okay. But I mean, I, that, I, you didn't actually have to commit suicide when you were leaving the game. No, right? no, no, just, no, no. Just your little yeah, stick figure yeah. character that sat in the car. But I digress. All right. Anyhow, right. Yeah. Let, by the way, it came out when 1860. Eight were there car, were there cars in 1860? Because you remember your your little. It had to be like a like a buggy, like a buggy, yeah, I guess, yeah. because your your icon was a little car that you put people in. So all right, it was originally called the checkered game of life. Okay. Wow. All right. Uh, I have a few other things I want to get to. These we've only gotten to three of them. <laughs> um, this one. Uh, this is. Really hard to understand at the time, but it is definitely yeah. true. There's always something to learn after a failed relationship. Oh, yes. Uh, it says, Ask even, OJ. Even if at first it doesn't <laughs> seem like you did anything wrong, retrospection will reveal your own mistakes and failures, as well as others, I think. So, yeah, mm. it's it's really hard to take and really hard to understand, but that is true. You can learn something about yourself. Try to open yourself up to knowing to accepting your faults and understanding that you have them and not bristle at the notion that you could have been the reason a relationship went asunder. Well, it's possible. That's the, that's the key yeah. is, is to be, you know, being open to your own faults because yeah. if you, you could just go through life blaming everybody else for your problems. And people love people and, like that. Uh, well, you know, when I was, uh, I was cleaning my house a couple of years ago and I came across a couple of papers that I had written in college. Yeah. And I had held... All this ill will towards this one professor because I thought she was an a-hole. Yeah. And then I'm reading this paper, and she had written a note on it, uh, and it was actually a positive note because uh, it was towards the end of the semester. And I was like, it dawned on me right then and there, she wasn't the problem. I was the problem. <laughs> yeah. The whole time, I was the problem. And, you know, I, here I am, just like this 20, 21-year-old kid mm-hmm. who thinks he knows everything, and 
Uh, and the reality was she was right and I was wrong. Yep, it can happen. That whole time. Here's another one. I like this one. Once you graduate high school, you basically get a fresh start. It says whatever negative mm-hmm. stigma you had in high school, nerd, weird kid, whatever, doesn't matter anymore in the real world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, thank you. Ding. We now go into the bonus round. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I, I agree with that one, that that you can you can find your place. And, and if it was not in high school, you will find your place, hopefully. And it's so hard to know that in high school. It is. Because it's everything that you're surrounded socially in high school seems so incredibly important, important. at the time. And yeah. school Fs around with you because I remember, like, I was... The big man on campus in first and second grade, oh, yeah. and then we moved. And I kept get, we kept getting redistricted, and uh, and so I always ended up as the new kid in school, and that just wears you down. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but I mean, God, I was on top of the world in first grade. Here are some pieces of advice for those who are. Uh, this is what people thought they they should have known when they were eighteen. It would have been nice to know. Here's one: It's important to ask questions that you don't want to hear the answer to. Yep. That's a that's a good piece of advice. Here's another one. Learn when to give an F and when to not give an F. Mm. That'll know? save you a oh lot. God, yes, that it was, will. I mean, like a lot of, <laughs> there are a lot of times where you just, and I look back and go, why did I give a rat's yeah, ass about yeah. that? Why? It says, think how things will affect others and put yourself in their shoes. That's one way. Uh, that's one thing to consider as well. And then think how things that get you mad will affect you in five years and see if it's really worth being angry about. And sometimes that can be the clarity you need to go, you know what? Why am I mad? Yep. You know? Uh, Life is a marathon, not a sprint. It says caring for your body now, protecting your joints, eating well, sleeping, drinking, alcohol in moderation, pays off the rest of your life. Don't start waking up in pain in your 30s. And honestly... Only use the meth you make, yeah. right? Because you can. You never don't know what tell. You stuff. do not. You don't know. Yeah, Casey, you said many times about cigarettes. Like you, you wish you'd never started when you were, you know, eighteen or whatever it was. <laughs> eighteen was it younger than that? Yeah, like third grade. Okay, here's one that says it's okay to live the life you want. I like that. Living your best life. What's hate that? that. It, that's like the big thing on the, the internet. Impression right or now. the impression yeah. or the sentiment? <laughs> no, no the, the sentiment. You know. <laughs> Hashtag living my best life. I know. Yeah, well, you do you. I, I, I don't other. follow. What, what, what do you not like about that? I, it's just uh, it's a cliche that I think is a little lame. Okay, so is it? Um... No, I think you should live your best life. Okay, but you don't have to hashtag it every single time. <laughs> okay. you do something cool. <laughs> it's okay to live the life you want. This uh, poster said seeking approval from lovers, friends, parents, or anyone else leads you to starting over at thirty. Uh, so you can always start over and, uh, uh, you know, unless you're dead, you can always take another swing at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another one that says sometimes the way we see people and the way they actually are, are totally different. That's completely correct. Yeah. I had an incident a few years ago when I was over in Maniunk. There was a guy, we just, I'd, I'd see him and I was walking my dog. We had a, a little bit of a row one time and, uh, you know, I would have loved to have punched him right in his face. I didn't, though, and uh, later on I found out that he was going through a terrible situation at home. His wife was was terminally ill, oh. and we became very good friends no after the fact. But I, if I had had the, 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 um, the brain to have just considered that was a possibility, I would have not... I regretted that first step, but I'm glad we became friends afterwards. Understood. Another piece of advice. You're better looking than you think you are. That's pretty. That's much, not true in my case. Well, no, that goes for a lot of people. I remember seeing uh, an interesting uh, piece of video where people were to describe to essentially a sketch artist yeah. their own features. Right. And they would have them sketch it. 
Do you remember this, Kath? Yeah. Did you ever see it? Uh, yeah, we should do this. And everything yeah. looked disproportionate yeah, yeah, and incorrect. Yeah. But when they had a, a friend describe what this person looked like, they were able to accurately draw it. So how we see ourselves huh. as opposed to how others see us is usually way off the mark. Right. Uh, and I've also heard other things like uh, don't waste your skinny years thinking that you were fat. And um, uh, yeah. there's another <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, I wish, I wish I was as... Uh, as skinny, skinny as that's the, how I see me. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I was as skinny now as I as I was when I thought I was fat. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, I think I, like a Jackson Pollock is probably representative. <laughs> uh, here's pra- practical advice: brush your teeth and floss. Uh, it's very good advice. Dentist yeah. visits are expensive. This person says, "Yes, that's true." <laughs> you guys make fun of me because I use my little flosser here, and but. I ever since I started doing it, I have less dental problems. All right, All right. that's good. You've had you've had your dental issues. I've so had I, my I dental issues. Well. Yeah. All uh, you need now is a quip, and you're rocking. Here's another one. Get relevant work experience. This says, if you have a major like nursing, computer science, or accounting, get an internship with related work experience and yeah. build contacts that will land you jobs Very in the future. sage advice. Yeah, internships, man, if you can squeeze in the time to do it, it in, in, in our particular business, it's one of the only ways to get into the business that we work so in. So when we had our, our uh, 20th anniversary on air... We got a lot of in, a lot of people coming in interviewing us, and they'd always ask that question: what, what what advice would you give people looking to get into the career? Internship. I think internship. I really think it's true. I mean, I, I know it's true for this industry, but I think it's true in, in every industry. Like any way to get your foot in the door, anywhere that you're interested in pursuing a career, and if you're willing to work for free, I mean, you know, so many people that I know, myself included, work for free uh, at some point during the day and wait tables at night. There, you know, there are ways to supplement your income, but interning is is don't, the best way to get a job. Don't get distracted with a job that's going to pull you. Well, the money's so good that I'm, you know, that I'm going to pull myself away from my dream. Because mm-hmm. I see yeah. people fall into that trap. A lot of people are texting him where we got this list. I will make sure that Nick has it and can post it on PrestonSteve.com. I, I believe it was through BuzzFeed, but I got to go back and double check. Uh, and it was a Reddit uh, thread. So this is number 14. There's 17 altogether pieces of advice. And this is true. Start saving your money as soon as possible. Stash that cash, man. And he, so I got into a time, you know, when I uh, I lost a gig and I had my own studio, my little studio set up inside someone else's studio, and, and things got tight. And, you know, I, I, I wish I had socked away more at that time. Yeah. Even when you think you're doing, uh, you, you know, you're doing the right thing, it can come up and bite you. Begin investing as you soon got, as possible. Yes, too. Like, yeah. like simple stuff, like mutual funds, things that it doesn't take... An investor to know how to to manage pet rocks. I put all my money into that. <laughs> and look what happened. Yeah. Uh, you got in too late. I got Steve. in too late. Yeah, but uh, but something safe like that to ha- your money will work for you. It will. It will actually earn more money. Interest is an amazing. It's thing. It's crazy yeah. when you think about it, and it's everywhere. You just need to get it in there and let it start working for you. I am an idiot at that stuff. That's why I have a financial advisor to help me out with that. Type and of my thing. wife. Yeah. My wife do it. She's uh, smarter than I am. Next one is people you love will not be here forever, so show them and tell them that you love them. That's very important. It is. This says spend time with them now because it will be gone before you know it, and I feel like once you're 18, time starts moving really fast, the person had quoted or was quoted as saying. Uh, two more. Uh, another piece of advice for those who are 18. They wish they would have told themselves this. Go with your gut. Value your own opinions more and others less. You do well, well value other opinions, but do realize that at a certain point, you it's okay to trust your gut. Don't 
depending an informed gut decision. I think that if you've if you've started to make if if you've made several poor decisions, (laughs) your instincts may be off, and and then you may need assistance. But I've fortunately, I think I have really good instincts. It's helped me. Uh, in the long run, I'm not I'm not a very intelligent person when it comes to book smarts. I didn't have very good grades. I'm not really my attention is difficult to hang on to, but my instincts have served me well. And you and I together throughout the and throughout the course of the show, everybody, our instincts about what to do when people would tell us, oh, you should do this, you should do this more. It, we we kind of knew and felt where uh-huh. we should be going, and it worked out. But you're right. If you've had a steady stream of abysmal failures, yeah. it might be good to seek out someone else's advice. Yeah. Somebody... You've been arrested a bunch of times or something like right. that. Your yes. instincts yeah. aren't. Uh, you need to read. Yeah. If, you need if, to maybe go with the opposite of what you think putting is a good idea. Electrodes on your forehead and, yeah. and clamping your hands down on a chair. You've made some bad choices. <laughs> maybe ask for some yeah. advice. I thought you were legit asking Steve. Have you been arrested a bunch of times? <laughs> yes, when I have. <laughs> when you said that to him, oh, like, yeah. you've been arrested a bunch of times. A ton of times. Yeah. When I uh, first started with you guys, I was given advice to go to another market and cut my teeth somewhere else. Yeah, and then you know work my way back into a into a bigger market. Really? I, I did. Yeah, and then he also said. Uh, buy as many fedoras as you possibly can. Oh, shut <laughs> up. And I, I know, I know who this guy was. <laughs> <laughs> and and let me tell you something. Right? Yeah. Doesn't matter though. Dude's rocking the Caymans. Mm-hmm. All right, and then one last piece of advice is it doesn't. Now, I, this is really. I, I do like this. It doesn't get easier. You get better. Huh. I like the way. I, I do like the sensibility of that because uh, a big saying is it will get better, and. It gets better because you get better, I think, as opposed to it doesn't mean that that life is going to get easier, that your challenges are going to be fewer and less difficult. You just learn how to take on those challenges as you as you progress in life. Would that be akin to people distance them distance themselves more because you get smellier? <laughs> Maybe if you just want. Yes. If you, you get older away you, from you. I think, though, uh, I think there's probably something to be said for that, that you um, your skill set. Yeah. What appears to be, you start to say, you just get good at that. You learn how to handle you stuff. Get, you know how to, yeah, absolutely. And and honestly, if you can have, if you, honestly, it goes back to, I think, finding what, what inspires you, finding what you love, taking the time, knowing that it's going to be tough, giving yourself the leeway to do that. But when you get, I've never heard anyone regret sticking to their guns and doing something they love. There's uh, there's an interesting moment in uh, the movie Parenthood. Yeah, it was a great film. Steve Martin's dad, Jason Robards, in this is having a kind of a heart. Their only heart to heart that they have. He's just a, an insufferable curmudgeon. He is, but he he and, and this kind of depressed me. I remember because I was in my early twenties when I when I remember seeing. But it, but he goes to him. He gives him some very frank his his perception of life. He goes, it never ends. <laughs> he goes, you never. Cross, you never get into the end zone and spike the ball and do your touchdown dance. He goes, it never ends. And that kind of bothered me when I remember seeing that. Yeah. But then this makes it a little bit more clear. It doesn't get easier. You get better. You learn how to take on all these things as you get older. And if you're lucky, you end up on Bachelor Island. Oh, my God. (laughs) And in love. In love. Yeah. Can I add, too, um, if, if you're going to college... Uh, first of all, go to class. It's really important. Uh, and it's better to go to class than it is to sleep in on a Thursday. Trust me. And uh, the second is uh, learn about student loans. 
figure out how you're going to pay them back, when you're going to pay them back, what the interest rates are, because student loans can be crippling. And if you can manage them in a, in a productive way, I mean, that goes back to what you were talking about earlier, Preston, about managing money earlier on. Mm-hmm. It can be very helpful when you're paying back those student loans in your 20s and maybe 30s. Yep. So anyhow... I think there's some sage advice. Yeah, I think there's some good stuff in here. It's it's called 17 Words of Wisdom that Every High School Graduate Should Hear. It was from a a Reddit user, uh, Robbie Vermont, who had posted it, uh, writing, what is something that you wish you knew when you were 18 years old? And it's some good stuff. So I'll make sure that we get this article and we post it on uh, on PrestonSteve.com. You can share it with with people who could use some advice like this. Yes. All right. With that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. Uh, an international tourist died after he fell hundreds of feet into the Grand Canyon oh, while trying to take photos on Thursday near the rim of Eagle Point. A <laughs> tour group from Hong Kong was visiting the Grand Canyon, and many of the tourists were taking photos very close to the rim. Uh, while attempting to snap a picture at Eagle Point adjacent to the popular Skywalk attraction, a man from the group accidentally fell off the rim and into the canyon. I don't know how many feet, but it was hundreds of feet. They should employ people to patrol the rim, give them that rim job, and and make sure they protect these tourists. Right, Preston? What do you do here? I'm I'm the rim job. rim job. Uh, A helicopter search located the 50-year-old man's body at the bottom of the canyon. His body will be transported by helicopter to the nearest hospital. It's the second in as many weeks, I think, that they've had falling deaths at the Grand Canyon. Preston, there's one. Maybe it's Yosemite. There's a, a, it's like a thousand feet up. And the the people all want to get their park in the back. And they fall off. It's something I wouldn't approach face forward. And they're doing, they're being very reckless. Well, a uh, forensic psychologist says a former college student believed that he was half dog, half man when he fatally attacked a man and woman at their home and was found biting one of their faces. Well, that's not his fault. I remember this story. Yeah, uh, it was bath salt, right? Doctor, you know, um, no, I don't think it was, Steve. That was that was a different one. Okay. There was a guy eating someone's face, but this guy thought he was half human, half dog. Okay. Dr. Philip Resnick made the conclusion in a 38-page mental health report released this week. Investigators say they found Austin Haroff biting John Stevens' face while making growling noises. Now, while it seems like a bad thing, he is his own best friend. <laughs> Uh, Hesnick's report says the fact that Haroff persisted in biting Stevens in the presence of police officers in spite of threats of being shot, being tased, and receiving multiple kicks to the head suggested that Mr. Haroff was actively psychotic. Yes. Uh, Attorneys are preparing an insanity defense for the November 4th trial. The notion of gnawing away at human flesh on a living person, uh, it just boggles the mind. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to, I would assume you are completely unhinged at that point. A man admitted to taking a Wayne State University bus on a joyride through the Ann Arbor area early Friday morning was arrested. A shuttle bus driver uh, called police at about 6.15 a.m. after the bus was taken from a gas station. It was uh, stolen 
after the driver left the bus running and went inside of the gas station. An hour later, the police spotted the bus. They stopped it. They conducted a field sobriety test on the driver, 59-year-old man. Uh, from Detroit. It's believed the man was drunk. And here's what makes it interesting. He uttered, without being asked, the keys were in it, so I took it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, I think we have our culprit right here. Uh, The man was arrested for possession of the stolen vehicle and suspected operating while under the influence. Here's my deposition. I hand wrote it while you were pulling me over. Until this week, sex between unmarried people in Utah was technically illegal. Mm. And that changed on Wednesday when Governor Gary Herbert signed a bill that decriminalizes sex outside of marriage in the state. Of course, Utah would have that in the book. Yes. Utah's 1973 fornication law. They actually came up with it in 1973. It seems like it would have been ancient, right? Uh, It uh, designated sex outside of marriage as a Class B misdemeanor. Uh, The act carried a possible penalty of up to six months in jail or a maximum fine of $1,000. Utah was among only a few states that retained these laws. Uh, State Senate Minority Leader Karen Maine sponsored the bill and said it was a small piece in Utah's criminal code that needed to be revamped. The measure also modifies criminal offenses. Some lawmakers do not want it repealed on moral grounds. What's happening there, Preston? They're drinking coffee. They're having sex outside of marriage. It's something's happening. It's run amok. A transient man has been arrested after he showed up to a Phoenix church completely naked. The incident occurred at the Saints Simon and Jude Cathedral. Police say Kajovi Adande went inside the church completely naked, exposing himself to about 50 people in attendance. Several churchgoers then escorted Adande outside the church. Documents state that he had then gotten into his vehicle, put his clothes on, and left the area before police could arrive. My work is done here. Yeah, one witness <laughs> was able to get the suspect's license plate number. Uh, police later obtained the church's surveillance video of the incident. Uh, now, Adande has a history of displaying himself uh, in this similar churches? Type, similar type of behavior with two past incidents happening in 2017. However, no victims in those cases wanted to prosecute. In a separate incident, Adante was booked after he exposed himself to two women. He was uh, arrested on Thursday in connection to the church incident. Yeah, I don't know if he makes a habit of doing it at churches or not, Steve, but he definitely did this time around. Here's a really strange story. A French coastal community has finally cracked the mystery behind the Garfield telephones that have plagued this picturesque beach, the picturesque beaches for decades. This is insane. Since the 1980s, uh, the... Iroy's Coast in Brittany has received a supply of bright orange landline novelty phones shaped like the famous cartoon cat. Okay, (laughs) so I'll explain. It it makes sense after a little while here. But anti-litter campaigners have been collecting fragments of the feline for years as they clean the beaches. But now the source of the problem has finally been found. It was a lost shipping container. Oh, Oh my gosh. Last year, campaigners from R. Villansu, an anti-litter group, made the novelty phone a symbol of the plastic pollution on the beaches, as part, part of which is designed as a marine park. Now, thousands were made and sold during the 1980s. Collectors still buy and sell the vintage Garfield phone online today. The beach cleaning teams had long suspected that a lost shipping container, perhaps blown overboard, had regurgitated its precious orange cargo, but they had never been able to find it. Uh, the media attention on the new campaign, however, drew the eye of a local farmer who remembered the first Garfield appearing after a storm in the early 1980s when he was a young man. And he also knows the location of the container. 
It's in a secluded sea cave accessible only at low tide. So when the tide shifts up and down, it floats some more out into the ocean. Yeah, members of the R. Valanzu group, accompanied by journalists, set out to find it, climbing down the slippery rocks to the cave. The team spotted remnants of a destroyed shipping container and soon, between the rocks, Garfield phones in a more complete condition than any ever found before. Isn't that wild? They found orange plastic poking out from beneath rocks. The container appeared to remain somewhat buried after three decades, and it remains inaccessible, and it is not known how much of its cargo is sealed within it. Another issue is that the novelty uh, uh, that the novelty items that escaped and continue to wash up on the beaches will not decompose in a human lifetime. Did you have so. one of the, any kind of novelty phone like that around that time? They were all the rage, like I, the uh, sport, I, football I, phone. I had one that was uh, uh, transparent. You could see the oh. inner, inner workings. Yeah. Those were cool. Oh, that. that was yeah. the only novelty phone I ever had. But I didn't have other uh, phones like a football or hamburger or whatever. I had one that looked like an old style British. You know, on the cradle phone, you yeah. know, the, yeah. the, the queen might, might yeah. use. A princess phone. A princess phone, because I'm a princess. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the uh, the bizarre phone for you. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. Now, 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. What's going on, Steve? Well, Rosie O'Donnell telling TMZ she believes that Donald Trump has a, quote, snowball's chance in hell of being re-elected in 2020. Rosie made her predictions while gnawing hands-free on a turkey leg and a harmonica holder. <laughs> what was she doing with her hands I then? I don't even know. She's busy. She's busy. Right. You know, and you got it right there in front of your face. It's so much easier. It's just wild. <laughs> to catch a predator host, Chris Hansen was arrested in Connecticut uh, by Connecticut cops yesterday on charges of passing $13,000 in bad checks to a local vendor. Hansen says the embarrassing experience has made him a little bit more sympathetic to molesters. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And finally, Grace Anatomy's star Ellen Pompeo saying she has no desire to leave the long-running series anytime soon. To put it in perspective, Pompeo's character's first boyfriends on the show were McDreamy and then McSteamy, but now she's dating McAARP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood track. All righty. I just noticed your shirt, Preston. Oh, you did? It's hilarious. Isn't it great? I love it. It says foot Thank model. You. Yeah, I got a... It's it's kind of like the old... Um, I, I made this shirt yes. uh, with a, a an online uh, uh, thing called Uber Prince where you can make your own T-shirts. And uh, <laughs> I did it in the style of... Do you remember... Uh, uh, wham, wake me yes. up before you yeah, don't yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a white, white shirt with gigantic black lettering, and it just says <laughs> foot model. You should go to an industry event, a modeling event, and see I if should. they let you in. You know oh, what? You know, you're like David Duchovny in Zoolander. I'm, uh, you know, we're not like you, uh, you, you, you other boys. Yeah, there you go. Excellent. <laughs> yep. Yep. So thank you. I'm glad you like it. Um, so two new terms that I was not familiar with until recently. Uh, one of them I just found out about this morning, and the two new terms Steve brought me up to speed on. One of them is Push present, yes, and mangagement ring. <laughs> so no. where do we start? Do you want to start with the one that push, came chronologically? Let's do push present. Okay, I became, I came, I'm became not aware. familiar with this. All right, push present, present. I kept seeing this mentioned uh, pertaining to Kylie Jenner. Apparently, the rapper that her her baby daddy gave her a Ferrari mm. as a push present. I'm like, what is a push present? What is that? And, uh, you know, it was the, the articles were just containing that term as if everyone should know what a push present was. Okay. was. I did a little digging. Apparently, it's what you give a mother after she pushes the baby out. Oh. 
And this is not new at no. all. No. no. You guys are aware of this? Yeah. Oh, God. Push present has been around for a really long time. Really? I never knew it was called a push present. That term yeah. might be new. No, it's not. But getting your getting your uh, significant other a, a present when she has a baby, yeah, that's... Did you do that with all your kids? I, I'm... I'm certain I did. I didn't some, do it because I'm very thing. thoughtful. Um, I mean, usually it did is Did you drop something... the ball on your push present? No. It's, I mean, that's fine that it's a thing, but I didn't know it was a thing. So, you know, look, I was there too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's Man, my present? your seat was very uncomfortable. <laughs> So God, mostly, they, don't you have a goddamn pillow in this place? <laughs> they do have a seat that oh. folds out into a little cot oh. thing. That thing's not comfortable. I feel at like all. I'm giving birth. Yeah. I am giving birth. Uh-huh. I'm sure there are tons of presents like Ferraris, um, but mostly you see jewelry, like a diamond. A, a lot of my friends got diamond bracelets. Okay, so you get like the diamond ring when you get engaged, and then you get the wedding band. And uh, next, when they had the kids, some got the diamond bracelet, and some got that Cartier bracelet. Yeah, what I did was oh, uh, something with the birthstone of the child that was being born. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm, well, A, I'm not as thoughtful as Casey is. Casey's one of the most thoughtful guys I've ever met as far as gift, gifting to yeah. people and acknowledging milestones and things like that. Casey's the best at it. He's just really, really thoughtful in that regard. But I didn't know that was kind of a, like, you should do that. You need a manager. Like, you I need a life, a life manager. I do. Listen, I'll be that guy. I, okay. <laughs> not, we don't have kids, but I've been around certainly a number of, uh, my, my sister-in-law has nine. Uh, my wife is one of nine. Uh, but I, I was totally unaware of the push present. Okay. But so men... do I owe some old no. so a gift to my wife that's uh, 17 years too late? Well, no. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I can still do something sure like that. Can you get her a 17-year-old? Does she drink wine? Ooh. Uh, no. Well, oh, man, she's got a bail. <clears throat> excuse me, bail on wine off. these days, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's right. I came by and gave it all to you guys. Uh, hang on a second. Let me go to, I have uh, Chris who bought a uh, push present. Hey, Chris, you're on the air. Good morning. Resist, we much. <laughs> Resist, we much. We much. And we will much about that be committed. <laughs> Thank you. He knows the entire Reverend Al Sharpton classic call to action. That's great. Well done. What's up, Chris? Good morning, everybody. Hey, uh, so... When uh, my wife gave birth to our son, February of 2016, you know, I think it was new back then because that was the first time I really had heard about it. Okay, thank um, you. But Be- Kathy's I, saying I it's been you, around forever. Yeah, I think you think it's new. Was it your first baby? Yeah. That's yeah, why. So that's, why. <laughs> that's why you think it's new. <laughs> you know what it is? I think things spread on social media. So I saw a lot of guys getting their wives or significant others, things like that. So I thought, gosh, I don't want to be the one that's empty-handed. So I got her... Um, you know, it wasn't anything major. It was a little necklace, you know, with a, a pendant at the bottom. Just to say, hey, you know, while we were in this together, you really did the, the quote-unquote heavy lifting, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. The heavy pushing, as yeah, in push right, present. Exactly. You know what would be nice, honestly, if guys, if you're strapped for something to get? Home brewing kit is always. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> well, you know, I could give Rochelle, I uh, how about I bring home a copy of Thor Ragnarok? That's oh, my God. Yeah. She's a huge right. fan of Asgard. Do that, yes. <laughs> uh, somebody well, Hang on, there's a text that came in and said, uh, push present is another Steven Singer invention like Argentian. <laughs> is it not? That, let me tell you what. I've seen that man come out of the Argentian mines with silver all over his face. He works at, uh, he works at big time. Yeah, interesting. Um, okay, well, I, I didn't... Uh, wait a minute. How, how extravagant are... I mean, obviously, a Ferrari is way up the charts. In fact, she was chided. And it's fairly for, stupid. For, for, yeah, fairly stupid, especially with the newborn. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah. uh, but um, but that said, um, 
w- jewelry are we talking? Is is the usual yeah. I mean, default? That's mostly okay. what I hear of. And it doesn't have to be, listen, it doesn't have to be engagement ring level jewelry. A right. jerky maker. A jerky maker is fine. If she likes jerky. Yeah. Uh, here's here's an interesting text. Talk about uh, terms that I'm not familiar with. It says, never heard of a push present. Have you ever heard of a sprinkle? You guys yes. ever heard of a sprinkle? Okay, what's that? So that's, you have a baby shower when um, you have your first baby. And then if you have children after that, typically in the past, you wouldn't have another baby shower. You wouldn't invite all of your friends again to give you more gifts. Oh, I get it. So now they just do a sprinkle where it's like close friends at someone's house. It's not a shower. It's yeah, a sprinkle. It's a sprinkle. Yes, Debbie, I'd like to invite you to my sprinkle. <laughs> A lot of times they'll do a sprinkle Dear. if you're having a child of the opposite sex than your first child. Okay. Have you, a sprinkle. Of, have you ever heard of a squirter? Stop no. it. Yeah. Stop. Okay. Stop. It, now, it, is it pee? Stop it. No. no. Stop. <laughs> I, the age-old dilemma. We might as well bring this uh, up. I'm sure Bill not, would love this. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, let me go to... I'd like you to invite you to my squirter. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to go to Maureen. Hey, Maureen, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. What's up, Maureen? So I had a baby in 2005 and a baby in 2007, and I didn't get nothing. Wow. I don't know what you're even talking about. Okay. Uh, you don't even see, so she, you don't even know what we're talking about, it, and it came out of left field for me. Listen, I think the gesture is wonderful. I think it's certainly a, a nice one for yeah. all of the work, but I just never heard of it. Yeah, we had a baby in 2005 and 2007, and my wife got something. Maureen? Okay. This right. is zero. I think you have zero. some divorce papers to get rid of. It's up to the wife and to know that the push present exists. All right. So you, you at least you don't put the onus on the husband yeah. who's going to be blissfully you unaware. You can remind him. Okay. Oh, yes, you can. So are you, you um, going to do like a like a troika just for the hell of it, Preston? A, yeah, a make good? I, maybe so. You know, and, unless be, I got her something and I don't remember doing it. but I, I Which is know. likely. Which is totally likely. <laughs> Honey, where do we get this home brewing <laughs> All right, and and with that, and we'll, we'll continue to take uh, calls on this, uh, by the way, on uh, push presents. But the other term uh, that I had not heard of is man engagement rings. Now, I had said after I got my wife her engagement ring that I wanted either an engagement big screen TV or an engagement golf clubs. Now, I thought that was fair. I've heard of that in... It's not tradition, but kind of, you know, kind of fun, I guess. But, um, yeah. I I think the tradition is you give a nice engagement ring, and that's part of the deal, you know, and... that's, well, that's all it needs yeah, to be. That's, that's fine. I, listen, I, I just want... I've never heard of. I've never heard of my engagement ring. Yeah, so it says here that a survey done a few years ago by XO Group Incorporated found 5% of engagement of engaged men are wearing rings to signify that they're engaged, so likely more are doing so today. Uh, they said that uh, mutual ring wearing is most popular among couples who are looking uh, for more sharing and... Uh, Sharing's and, caring. ...and equity between them. She said uh, there are... Uh, They're not bound by conformity or tradition. They're able to adapt norms to their needs rather than feeling limited by the standard (laughs) protocol. I was actually, last night on Jeopardy, there was a guy that was on, you know, that that one you hate, Steve, where they they do the little interview. yeah, I saw this guy. Yeah, the guy said when he proposed to his now wife, she she knew it was coming. He had planned this whole night, but but, um, she apparently knew that he was going to be doing it that night. And unbeknownst to him... 
she had a ring to give to him at the exact same time. So she got down on one knee yep. and asked him to marry her after he did that. Quick side note about that story. Do you think it got cut off? Did it get edited? Yes, it yeah. did. Because it went right to Alex. I think there was a longer story. That's what I thought, yeah. And, and they cut it. I think when Alex said the N-word, and I think they cut away. No, no. It, was, it was actually a Godfather line. Leave the oh, gun, was... take the cannoli. Oh, yes, because oh. a guy had mentioned a cannoli, but there was an edit in Okay, there. all right. Mm-hmm. So are they, because typically when a woman gets an engagement ring, she then gets a wedding band that's yes. worn together. So yes. are these two separate? rings that that's, the man is getting That's what now? I'm not curious about, Kat, because, yeah, you generally the man just wears one, one, ring. one wedding ring, uh, so I'm not really sure exactly how they work that out. We don't want an engagement ring. I, I'm sorry. I'm speaking on behalf of most, <laughs> most. men. Most, not all men, but most men. Don't get us an Don't. No. Get me a, a new set of golf clubs. Whatever. Get me a, a, a TV. Stop and think about if this, If you're going to get me anything, don't waste your money on a ring. I'll wait for the wedding for the ring. <laughs> but, but well, honestly, it's like with this with this, uh, with this this plasma TV, I the wed. No, it, the tradition is simply I know what the ring. tradition so, is. So, it's a symbol. It's a symbol. Instead of a push present at yeah. that point of engagement, how about a suck present? <laughs> um, well, my, my best friend, Steve, had uh, when, when he and his now wife, when they were still just dating... Uh, they they got each other rings, promise and, rings. Yeah, I guess they didn't. They didn't actually call them promise rings, but right? They, but they wore them on the left hand ring finger, and they looked like wedding rings. But they weren't married, and it was just a thing they did. Mm-hmm. I never asked them about why did you guys do that, or what did who? How did you have the discussion about that? Do or you wear them your wedding ring all the time? I, I don't do wear. Not. I don't wear it at all. And it, to, to believe it or not, it, it it does bother my wife a little bit. She had it. We had a discussion about it not too long ago. Yeah. I, I don't like the way it feels. I don't like the way it looks. I've never worn rings in my life. I just don't. That's not my thing. You're not a ring guy. I'm not a ring guy. You're, I'm, you're I'm a... married, and I, uh, you know, and it's public knowledge. I'm not trying to pretend that I'm not married or anything like that. I just don't wear rings. Would she be cool if you wore, even though it's not obvious to people, a Prince Albert? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to ask about that. Well, you carried I'll wear your a enga- necklace or something. Or you no, carried, that's what you I carried your do. engagement golf clubs I around do. with you. <laughs> I do. See this TV? This is my engagement <laughs> yeah. TV. You know what yeah. I should do? I should get a necklace and wear the ring on that, and that might. Oh, puka shells. It's not gonna yeah. make her. It's not gonna satisfy puka shells. Gave to me. Impressive. Oh my god. That's it. That's my ring is idea. on my on my keychain, so I, I do have it with me at all times. Okay, so. that's yeah. a, that's a, I like that. That's clever. Uh, I, I have I will I will wear if, if we're going out. I'll put on the wedding. My wife got me, and, and it's a clattering. I love it. It is a thick ring, though. Yeah, it's and a cool so and so, ring. and so when I whenever I go to, it, you know, it'll actually hurt my finger. <laughs> yeah, and I I love it. I love her to death. As you said, everyone knows we're married, and, yeah. and that's that's fine. But uh, I also think in this case, a quick point to Kathy's point. If if you start matching the engagement ring to the guy's man engagement ring, I think that's going down a bad path because you, the, the plan initially is to give an engagement ring that will pair up with a wedding ring. Well, do you want to talk to somebody who has one real quick? Yes, and please. Yeah. Maybe they can clear that up on us uh, on this. Let me go to Ken. Hey, Ken. Good morning. Hey, Joshua, my ambrosia. <laughs> <laughs> my ambrosia. Kanye's recipes to die for. All right. So what's Ken, you got a man engagement ring. First of all, tell us the story of how you received that. Okay, well, it's technically a man engagement ring, and I'll explain. Okay. Uh, so my wife and I got engaged very young. We were 17. And she was going off to college. I was going to the high school, after high school, community college. And basically, I didn't want any swab dudes stealing her away from me, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I said, hey, I got you this engagement ring. And, well, I proposed a little, a little better than that. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, so... 
uh, fast forward a couple years, and uh, you know, we, we didn't get married until maybe about 10 years after we actually got engaged. And she, I started working clubs downtown, bouncing, and uh, you know, around a lot of a lot of chicks. And, and uh, she goes, "Hey, you know, I, I got this engagement ring. Um, you know, it says that you know I'm with somebody. You don't have anything." And I said, well, you know, I don't wear rings. And I'm like, guys don't really get engagement rings. And I said, well, but she said, actually, she said, well, how about a ring finger tattoo? And I said, I, got, I love tattoos. I said, yeah, yeah, let's do that. But I worked my magic. I said, you know, that ring I bought you, though, that cost about 550 bucks. Got it at the pawn shop, you know, real classy. <laughs> got it at the pawn and, shop. Uh, so she goes, well, I'll tell you what. She goes, I'll pay for $550 worth of tattoos for you as long as one is a ring finger tattoo. And I said, sold. Oh, wow. <laughs> So that okay. you have you have a main engagement tattoo. Yep, it's a Gaelic phrase, uh, Milanum Cara. It means uh, my soulmate. Okay. Suck my ass. I mean, suck my ass. No, <laughs> so um, he thinks it means that. <laughs> interesting, interesting. All right, thank you, Ken. I appreciate it because that that doesn't is not going to quite answer our question. Do does the main engagement ring just end up being the wedding band? Uh, or do you swap it out for or a new it more ring? Or are you then, is <laughs> yeah. the onus on the man to now wear both a man engagement ring and wedding ring? Yeah, I don't I know. I bet you they swap it out. Yeah. Maybe the, the man engagement ring is sort of a cheaper ring, and then they get the nicer ring after they get married. Maybe so. Maybe that might be the case. Or maybe it's a lot smaller, those little slender rings. It's just tiny. So. And then you just put a bigger so one on there. Is it weird that I still have my wedding ring? No, that no. you're divorced. Yeah, and that you still have your. Uh, I don't think so. Well, I, mean, I don't. I don't wear it. What are you going to do with it? I, I don't know. I, I maybe. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I don't want to sell it. I liked it. It's a nice ring, but I'm not going to wear it. Why do you want to sell it? I don't know. May I, I, I proffer a, a notion here? Because I mean, I got my son out of it. You know, like uh, there were there were pleasant memories from the marriage. It's yeah, not like I hate yes. my ex wife or anything like that. So yes, you know, I, I don't know, but I don't know what to do with it other than keep it in a drawer. Well, that, but listen, it, 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 you could hold it the way you, something that would go in a scrapbook. There, you're not going to put it in a scrapbook. It's it's a chapter of your life. You don't not one you regret, right? Uh, you know, you you had there were there were fond memories associated with it. Your your friends and cl- close, and it was it was a step in your life. So I can understand why you'd want to hold on to it. You mm-hmm. know, and that's. It's a keepsake. Yeah, yeah I, I I think there's every good reason to have it. Sell it. Get a few bucks. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I, I mean, I I was trying to think of like something. There's nothing else you can do with it. It's not mm. like oh, I'm going to give this to my kid. Nipple or, ring. You know what some I mean? People, like, some people will melt them down and turn it into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, that can, yeah. you can do that, and you've you've held on to the material, but it's not a wedding ring anymore. But you can. I don't know what you'd make it into. A though. bullet. A bullet. Toe ring. Toe ring. A guitar pick. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. A paper uh, clip to hold the divorce papers. There you go. Yeah. Because you'll always have those. Yeah. That's a thick file. Uh, let me... With these divorce papers, I the break up. <laughs> you do know Mort Salman. He's my lawyer. <laughs> Uh, let me go to... We're all here today to watch the dissolution of a marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and instead they asked if anybody present would think that these two should stay together. Yes. As, Speak now. Yeah. Stay together! Uh, let me go to Mark. Hi, Mark. You're on the air. Good morning. Gadzooks. Yeah, Gadzooks. Yeah, Mark, what's up, buddy? Hey, so, uh, so I've been with my uh, fiancé now for about five years. Uh, we were, we've been engaged for about a year and a half. Um... So a few months ago on our five-year anniversary, she uh, pulls this box out and says, I have something for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, what is it? So it was a, it's, an, it's a man engagement ring. Okay. 
And so I have a it's a rubber ring. It's like runners use them and stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's just a man engagement ring, and, and it's just there. And, I mean, at first I was like, well, I don't know why. I don't, I don't know what this does for me. But, uh, Dude, you sound uh, really thrilled about this, Mark. <laughs> yeah. I, I was. I was just like, okay. What, what the hell is this? <laughs> what what you want? Um, you want me to let people know I'm with you? <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it's not like that. Okay. It's just like, okay. all right, I'll wear it. All right. So, so with this, Mark. So the question is, when you guys get married, uh, you will replace that, I assume, right? Correct. Yeah, okay. I have a really, we have a really nice wedding dance. Okay. okay. All right. I don't... in April. I don't know why I have such a Thanks, an issue with this. I mean, I really don't. Like, to me, and this is coming from a guy who paints his toenails, it seems emasculating. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know why. And, um, like, I, you don't talk, have me to. Off, talk me off the ledge here, man. Well, no, it's, it's just it's not pers- your way. It's yeah. a personal choice. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you don't want to do it, you don't do it. You're, you're a, a manly mountain it man. It doesn't seem like, listen... You don't want to do it, you don't do it. Okay, so if you're... You're, you're Jeremiah Johnson. If your fiancé shows up and says, here's an engagement ring, and you don't wear it, you don't think that's not it's not going to go over well? I think... It, it, you're right, yeah. If it, you do... Yes, I think it, in certain circles, if you're getting together with the bros mm-hmm. down at the... Uh, down at the club, the uh, yeah, at the uh, at the uh, the uh, the strip club, and you show your engagement ring, it might be an issue. But uh, it, to me, I think you're going down a slippery slope with that stuff. Yeah. But however, if it is for the woman to feel like she has, you've kind of laid claim to her, and she does reciprocally, I can sort of get it. Oh, man. I, I guess what? I'm conflicted on this now. What is it? I'm just looking at a bunch of text messages, and there's some funny to uh, to interesting. This says, I threw my ring in the ocean. Didn't want anyone else getting the bad juju. Uh, <laughs> it was like the uh, the talisman on the Brady Bunch. Yeah. This one says, uh, I still have my ring from first marriage in a drawer. Nick, I don't know... Uh, yeah, I don't know uh, what to do with it. It's been uh, eight years uh, since... Uh, and, and I'm since remarried. Uh, so they've still got around. Somebody says, melted down to make cufflinks. Uh, like the guy that said my dad would sell it. My dad. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what you could do, honestly? Impressing this might be a thing. Melt it down and give yourself a grill. Uh, oh, my God. I mean, honestly, like, if you sold it, what, what could you do symbolically with that money that would be... Uh, well, you're now in a, in a happy nice. relationship. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps pay the love forward. Yeah. I mean, uh, somebody just said they, they kept it in a, sort of like a, as a memento to a chapter in their life, like you said, Steve. You know, it's Wait, in a cigar huh? box somewhere. And- if, honestly, I, look, if the uh, divorce was incredibly acrimonious right. and it was OJ level, then you probably don't hold on to it. Right. But, but, I mean, in this case, it did end, you know. Ple- well, not pleasantly, but it was. It, you you have fond memories. I can I can see it as a piece of nostalgia. Right, it says Nick should make it into a belly ring. Now that would be sexy. <laughs> that would be amazing. Do you like? <laughs> it starts a phrase that ends with my tramp stamp. Uh, you could do like the belly ring and then the chain. Around. Yeah. To, to that point, yeah. Yeah. and I, I don't mean to go completely off the rails here. The belly ring. But I saw a guy with with um like a like a belly tattoo, like a belly button tattoo, a belly button tattoo. I mean, do we, uh, did he have? Was he covered in tattoos all over the place? No. Uh, yeah, I know somebody who has that. Oh, that's weird. It was very weird. I mean, I would find that odd looking, but yeah. to was each he his own. was he in great shape? Like, uh, well, he looked good. Was fat. Go it there. was just, um, it was just like a weird. It just like what? Yeah. Who knows? We have ought to have a girl who got her butthole tattooed. Okay. And it oh, felt okay. great, apparently. So good. Yeah, yeah. It was so, so good. good. So good. <laughs> Nick, what kind of metal is the ring? By the way, I. 
think it's white gold. Argentium. Okay. Yeah, it's argentium. <laughs> so it is something you could you could melt down and have turned into something else. Yeah, but okay. I mean, that, you know, you're not going to get a ton of metal out of uh, no. a, a little ring. I don't and know. you're going to end up paying more money to have that done. Right. That's why I always get cheaper rings because they'll be bigger. They'll melt down easier into other things. Uh, let me go to, I have Jeff on the phone. Hi, Jeff. You're on the air. Good morning. Big dogs running. Yeah. Big, Big dogs, dogs out. They're out. What's up, buddy? I wanted to talk to you guys about the uh, quote-unquote man engagement ring my wife got me when we got engaged. Okay. Uh, and this is, I think, right up Casey's alley because he's saying that the, uh, it's not an actual ring. So she knew that our engagement was coming, and after I proposed to her, she presented me with a partial season ticket plan to the Phillies. Ooh. <laughs> Marry that woman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's cool. And, and yeah, did you, Jeff? Did you have any idea that that you were going to get anything in return? I, I, she had hinted that something was coming, but I had no idea it was going to be so something. It was going to be something so incredibly awesome. Uh-huh. Um, That's wonderfully. I, yeah. That's wonderfully considerate. Very sweet. Uh, and uh, on that gesture, I think, um, Casey, maybe, maybe there is something to the golf gloves and. And TV said, but I think something something small. I mean, you're supposed to sink. The guy sinks. What is it now? What are we up to? Three months? Four something, months? Something like that. Salary yeah. for the ring. I know. So, but listen, hey, here you are. You're going with tradition, right? Uh, yes. And, and then here is somebody that's bucking the tradition by getting man engagement rings. Well, l- listen. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with this bucking bronco here, and I'm gonna say no. Okay, if you want to get me something, get me something that I actually want. Not, you know, because a woman wants an engagement ring. Would you, would you, for example. Listen, if you're a man and you want a man engagement ring, then yes, get get him a man engagement ring. But I, I don't want a man engagement ring. I have issues with tradition nowadays. Tradition! Tradition! Screw it. Wait a second. Screw tradition. Wait, 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 wait. Let's be honest. That was one of our best traditions. That really was. I cannot. That was really good. If, Marissa, if you could grab that. That was like. Perfect. <laughs> Not only that, but then Kathy and I were in sync with saying that really was. And and here's the reason why why lately, and this could be a whole other discussion for another time, but I, I have uh, some books around the house that are um, uh, origin stories of all kinds of stuff. It's, it's just trivia that, yeah. that these books are filled with things. And so many traditions have changed over the years. There are things that were tried and true a hundred years ago that just do not exist in any way, shape, or form anymore. Things change all the time, and they will continue to change all the time, and it ain't that big a deal. But the truth is, for many, it is a big deal. And it's it's a context that brings them a sense of nostalgia and comfort and warmth. And and in those levels, you're exactly right, Preston. It's incredibly fluid throughout history. But for some people, it does mean a lot. But somebody has to bucket to begin with, yeah, and then it's not that big of a deal. For some people, it'll not be a big deal. For yeah. others, it will. Uh, others, it will. Yeah. Hey, transition is a tough time. Transition. Yeah, tell transition. me about it. Transition. Listen, Tebby, I have something to tell you. <laughs> Uh, when, you know when it's the Sabbath, I dress as a chick. <laughs> Lentil, as you've never seen her before. Lentil. Listen, guys, can I talk? I just don't feel comfortable this way. What's that, Moish? Oh, dear Lord. I want to be called Moishan. Oh, God. All right, well, we need to talk about this at some point because there's a tradition that I don't like at all. Oh, tradition! Tradition! The first one was best. That was, it was. We now nailed now, it. We nailed it. And now oh. we're just down a slight. You'll hear it. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, what, what, song if, what about this one? Engagement ring. Okay. Engagement threesome as a gift back to your new fiance. Possibly. To be if you could broker that deal, why not? Yeah, really, you'd, like, any excuse to get that result, <laughs> take it. You know? I, I'm thinking it's going to be easier to get golf clubs. <laughs> right. Somebody said, texted in and said, wait, I sent an article years ago about how stupid engagement rings are, and Preston said I was stupid. <laughs> wait, wait, say it again. <laughs> it's tradition, man. That's probably what I want. That's, oh, I, that's yeah. so well, I have changed, too. <laughs> Your own opinions evolve. My and pre- as we all do, now that I've changed, <laughs> it's right. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying that's what I believe. Uh, but anyway. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for calling me out. I appreciate it. Uh, but, yeah, this man engagement thing, is it's kind of a thing right now. I don't know if it'll have roots or not, but, you know, it Listen, might be a passing fad. To that point, on that level... It depends on who gets behind it. If De Beers gets behind it, right? You know, then you might have a an actual thing. Yeah, we have a lot of calls of people who get them. Uh, we do have to take a break, though, unfortunately. Uh, push presents and engagement rings, and I'm sure there's a few things that we missed out on as well. So maybe we'll we'll get to those traditions. Tradition, tradition, tradition. screw it. <laughs> <laughs> One more time, hang on. Tradition, tradition, tradition. screw it. <laughs> 